Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let There Be Talk. It is Monday, April 4th, and uh, this episode is brought to you by, of course, my fantastic sponsor for over two years, the Rock and Roll Kings Earthquaker Devices. Yep, if you play instruments, any kind of instrument, it doesn't matter, you plug it into one of their stomp boxes and you're going to sound like an absolute god. You don't know what a stomp box is? Doesn't matter. Buy one anyway. They're works of art. They look badass. Just put it around your pad and say, yeah, that's my stomp box. Get yourself an Earthquaker device. Also, they got great t-shirts. I wear the Octopussy one. Uh, Let me just tell you a few things about Earthquaker. Handmade in uh, Akron, Ohio. Awesome, awesome owners. Good friends of mine cool people they're big comedy fans they support comedy and uh they support this podcast so i love you guys earthquaker devices you can find them at earthquakerdevices.com or you can find them on instagram or twitter check out all their amazing pedals like the tentacle stomp on the tentacle and sound like a sea creature Oh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. It just it, to me, if I just look at the pedals, I guess what they sound like. So the tentacle, you sound like a sea creature, or Acapulco Gold. Maybe it just slows down your playing, like bow now now now. What else? The pitch bay, the terminal, the depths. Cloven hoof. Definitely Spinal Tap would have used the cloven hoof. Oh, that's my cloven hoof, mate. Anyway, Earthquaker Devices. All right, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, let's see here. I want to get this uh, get this out of the way right now. This is probably one of my top five favorite episodes I've ever done. And some of the other ones would be, of course, uh, Jerry from Devo, Cedric Bixler, uh, who was on a couple times, uh, Dave Menachetti, Y&T, these episodes where I talk to somebody and I just fucking, it's like orgasmic as, as much as like sex could be or, or doing stand-up comedy or playing music or anything that you've uh, engaged yourself in that has, has uh, made you feel fucking, you know, cosmic, as maybe Chris Robinson would say. And that might sound cheesy, but it's it's real. And I think the more and more that we um, we don't talk to people on phones or in person, uh, which is what the society is that we live in, of course. You know, you ever try to call someone, they just hit uh, ignore and then text you like, what's up, man? 
Oh, that fucking gets me steaming. You think, you think I, I, I was calling you fucking uh, if it wasn't something I needed to talk to you about? But uh, I think people miss conversations, and that's why podcasts are probably so big. They can uh, listen to a conversation without being involved. <laughs> you know, like the old David Lee Roth thing. I bring two in case there's a conversation. I don't have to be involved. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But what I'm saying is, it's amazing to have a great, great conversation. Like sit down on an afternoon with an old friend or a new friend or somebody that uh, gets it. And you, and you spin yarn. <laughs> I used to hear old men say that. Yay, spinning yarn. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You're just talking. And you walk away from it and you feel like a, a better person. It's, it's amazing, I think, that what the brain, how it takes in conversations that are great and real. My guest today is uh, Omar Rodriguez. And we uh, first met, let's see, what was it in uh, San Diego? And, I, I, of course, I've been fascinated by the music uh, that Cedric and Omar make together for years and, and absolutely think it's some of the highest level of art. And when I first met Omar, I sat down and talked to him, just a, a conversation that happened to go over two hours uh, in San Diego. And I was like, wow, I wish the mics were going, but no biggie. I knew one day I would see him again and it would happen and man, it couldn't have happened at a better time. At the drive-in is back together. They're touring and it was this interview went down at the sound check of uh, their special benefit show they were doing for the Smile Foundation. Uh, it's a foundation for pediatric uh, uh, therapy for children. And I was uh, honored to host this event. It was absolutely one of the uh, uh, one of my favorite times. Just feels great. I think you're going to love this episode. I'm just kind of I'm rambling on because I just listened to it again. It happened a few weeks ago, and I listened to it this morning and uh, was like, "Wow, what a great human!" You know. And I hope you guys enjoyed. It's not uh, every day that Omar does a, a, an interview, so I was uh, very honored to have him on. And it's a, it's a, it's a great day for Let There Be Talk. Uh, at the drive-in, the Mars Volta, some of the best and uh, amazing and dangerous music I've heard in years. And, and I, just, I just love it. Uh, what else going on? Just want to run you through some shows real quick. Uh, what do I got coming up here? Also, uh, just want to say thanks for everybody uh, lately. All your donations on Patreon.com. Oh, yeah. I wanted to give a guy a shout out on that. Do I got that here? Man, I hope I do. Somebody just donated. Yes, I got it here. Here it is. Scott Polins. Thanks for your donation on Patreon. Very cool. Uh, Chris Dunham, of course. Julian uh, Bitoin. Joe Soldezo. What's up with your guys' last names? Get it together. <laughs> anyway, 
Donations, patreon.com slash Dean Del Rey. Shows coming up, April 13th, Irvine Improv, Southern California. Irvine Improv, I'll be headlining with Red Band and Joe Bartnick coming. That's the 13th. Please get tickets in advance, everybody. Um, Meltdown, one of the most prestigious shows in America, doing the Meltdown Comedy Show April 20th in L.A. at Nerd Nerd Melt Showroom. Nerd Belt. Hey, that's a Nerd Belt. <laughs> uh, La Jolla, April 22-23. Me and Spicer doing the um, La Jolla Comedy Store. And then Fresno, Frank's Place downtown on the 29th. Reno, Laugh Factory, May 17th through the 22nd. And the Epic Comedy Works in Denver, June 28th through... July 2nd. Going to keep the intro short today because I just want you guys to get right into the episode and enjoy it. Spread the word of Let There Be Talk. Keep leaving those reviews on iTunes. I'm telling you, you leave the reviews, it helps the show. It keeps it up in the top 100. And leave a review and subscribe. Uh, What else? I guess that's about it. Light the candles! Here he is, Omar Rodriguez. All right, here we are, another episode of Let There Be Talk. Fantastic guest today. Uh, introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Omar Rodriguez, and uh, yeah, I play in, at the drive-in, the Mars Volta, Antimask, and, and other things. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so great to have you, man. It's funny because I met you a few months ago, maybe six months ago, at an Antimask gig in uh, San Diego. San Diego, yeah. And it, it, you're one of those people... I felt like, wow, I, like, I really bonded with you in one conversation over a couple hours. We went all over the board. Yeah. And I was like, damn, we should have had the mics on. <laughs> <laughs> right. But here we are. It's the second night of uh, the At The Drive-In tour. Yeah. And uh, how did this come about? I mean, like when I was with you, you guys were uh, doing Anti-Mask and you're getting ready to do another record, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we, we were mixing that record and we did a second Anti-Mask record and we were mixing it and, uh, you know, with Travis and everything. And then, you know, with, with this band, it's just, it's, it's uh, you know, how can I say it? It's our roots. Yep. So it's always in the air. Whether people realize it or not, you know, and people think of it as some one thing is being over, but everything's just constantly in transition. And so it's just, you know, and we still talk to each other and we still have to deal with our records and everything else, you know, everything we created together. So it's just kind of been coming in and out of our lives. And it just we hit the perfect moment where it just seemed like it was it felt right, you know, to get together. And so right. we, so uh, these guys came to to my studio in El Paso and we you know played played for an afternoon and we're like okay yeah here yeah we, here we go because <laughs> you, you did this before what what six years ago we did it in 2012 2012, 2012 but that was that was that was that was funky, difficult right? yeah that yeah. was difficult for, for you know it was it was a strange time for all of us for for me in particular my mother passed away a week before going on stage so i was just on auto i, I wasn't even there yeah. I, I don't know who that person was you know i was just on autopilot as i mean i'm barely now four years later so coming out of that, you know, that, that, uh, yeah, that, that's... Da- that down moment. Yeah. I was very, very close with my mother and a huge, like, uh, uh, inspiration for me and, and really, a you know, the person I would always go to my father as well, but I had a very, obviously very special connection with my mother and, and she was always my, uh, my, my rock for lack of a better. Yeah. And, and so then to not have that all of a sudden, and then to, 
you know, have to go on stage. Not not have to, because of course, I mean, these guys were like, listen, if you don't want to do it, like, you know, we'll cancel everything. And <clears throat> I, I didn't want to let everybody else down. So of course, you know, you get on stage, but I, but again, I just, I, I wasn't there. I was somewhere else. And then it's strange, you know, because then fans don't understand this and yeah, you're just sort of this, <laughs> this thing that they're looking at from a different perspective and you're trying to live a, a very real life or, or life is happening to you. And, and, uh, it's not, it's not always easy to, to balance the two, you know? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, that's like, uh, that's not like, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, like minor event that your yeah. mom passed away. And also, uh, there's so much weight on this reunion at that time. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of crazy. Like, oh my God, they're back together. Yeah. And, and, and everybody remembers, of course, the, the last tour of how radical it is. Yeah. And then it's this, and then people are like, what's going on here? You know, they don't know the, the inner workings of it. Right. Yeah. No. And then also, you know, you get defensive too, because then you like will talk to journalists and they, they don't know. And most times, even when you do tell them, they don't care yeah. what's been happening in your life. They sort of ha already have a preconceived, you know, they got their story written already. They're just wait, looking for sound bites to fill in the blanks. You yeah. Know? Yeah. They're looking for those fucking drama clips, you know? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, he said this. Exactly. You know? And so if, if you stray from a for a moment from your narrative or if you react badly or anything like that's what they grab onto and you know it. And and you yep. know it when it's happening, but sometimes you can't help yourself. Sometimes you get you get a guy and you just in there and you just already you go in and you already don't like his face. Yeah. You know, and like <laughs> you already don't like him, and then he's asked you this shit, and then you're trying to talk about your personal stuff, and, yeah. and he's just steamrolling you, and so then you kind of let him have it, even though you know, like, hey, he, he's the one writing the story. He or she are writing the story, like they're just gonna grab whatever your worst moment is, they're gonna put the spotlight on it and they're gonna say, This is that guy. Yeah. And that's it. You're limited to that. So they never want the good stuff. They never want the good stuff. No, and it makes sense. You know, I don't I don't blame them for me for for it either, because you know, it's just like in any great storytelling, it's conflict that propels everything forward. So like they want the conflict. Yeah. It's just for the most part most of these guys you, you meet, they're not smart enough to, to like grab the conflict and make it into something, you know, really, truly a craft or artistic. They just sort of like, they're, yeah, doing, yeah. they're doing the least amount of work possible, you know, and they get, they get their paycheck and they reach their readers or they make the editor happy or whatever, and that's it. You yeah, know? they're like, you get anything juicy? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. What, oh, I've had Cedric on the show twice, and that's what I loved about him and uh, you, you guys, your relationship of course goes from way uh like young yeah and and most people i had best friends in junior high high school and after school that i don't even really see anymore they're parts of your life but you guys had created art together yeah. that became uh i mean we're talking about one of the greatest records you know uh that you guys did the one with ross uh, yeah it, it's that is such a that's such a lightning in a bottle it's hard to even you'll never be able to get away from that you know yeah and no. people love that yeah i know and people over the years will, will ask us both collectively or individually like you know well what is it about each other that makes you you know we can't answer it like yeah. we don't know we met each other in 1989 and i'm going in the rehearsal room he's coming out and they're like hey this is our new singer and these guys are going like hey this is our new singer and we look at each other and he goes cool shirt dude and i'm like hey thanks man you know he's two years older yeah. than me yeah i'm like thanks man oh cedric thinks i'm cool you know whatever <laughs> And then we start we start hanging out, and then you know, you know, I was what twelve, which means he was fourteen. It's crazy. And then we're playing in bands together, and like we're we're quite 
literally like becoming men together especially on the road you know getting in a van at 17 or whatever like we're going through all these experiences together and like the the band members around us may be changing but our our thing is like consistent and so like what people may or may not know is like we spend every waking day every moment together because it's like most people you like you got in the band and there's definitely a thing to being in a band you know in the culture of and being together and hanging out but usually then people go to separate houses you know yeah. or separate lives uh, even in you know in the early but for us it was like we were living together we shared clothes yeah. you know we were like yeah, yeah. we moved together drugs. we'd go we'd go on yeah, yeah drugs yeah, we'd yeah. go we'd go you know tour out the driving together then we had another band called De Facto and so we'd get off at the driving tour and we'd do that and so a big thing when we when you know when we left the band was was again going back to like trying to find the dirt they were like they're on drugs and they're homosexuals yeah you know because they're like look they share clothes you could see yeah. these pictures and they go to the bathroom together and why on earth would two men share clothes and why you know? would that be bad <laughs> hey, I'd, I'd be like oh wow i gotta see that yeah you know exactly I mean? That's it's, radical. Like, it's like hey man we're the we, we had the same size clothes so we're sharing we live together it's just yeah. what happens we're poor at that time you know we're, we're poor and like we went to the bathroom together because we're doing coke like it's not it's not a big mystery yeah. you know? and <laughs> even if we were lovers like who cares that's like, what I'm saying. Like, that's kind of that's kind of radical I, I like that like, right. like for for the style of music you play you know it's just right. like yeah they're lovers and they go at it on stage right you know, just like you know that's right to me that's uh it's interesting and cool you know yeah i the thing i really like about you is i i feel like you'll get stuff and it'll, it'll be booming and then you're willing to step out away from that and try some new art, um, which I really like because over the years we've gotten so much great music from you. You know, I, I'm a huge Mars Volta guy. You know, oh, and, you. and so you know, you got Drive-In, you, you got De Facto, you got uh, Mars Volta, Anti-Mass. This I like that you um, that you'll take a chance. You know, instead of just sitting in something. Just for like, oh, this is hot now. I'm just gonna right. Ride this, this is out. comfortable. Because I mean, you know, it was fucking hot when you guys walked away. Yeah, it's like your biggest record. Yeah, and it's an iconic record. You know. Yeah. So I love that about you. Is it something that you get? You're like, I'm bored of this now. I want to try something else. Or is it, it? It just ran its course in feeling and vibe, or what is it? I think it's a lot of different things. I, I think a lot of the time, the, the, the part of me that I associate as being my inner voice may say like, oh, it's because I'm bored. Uh, a lot of the times it's just you're listening to these other voices that aren't necessarily your own that you feel are, are, are greater yeah. <laughs> than your own. You know, I, I don't know how else to say it. And maybe that's a little much for some people. But I know there's a lot of other people who understand that. It's like when you got to make a decision in your life and something in your head or in your gut or whatever it is is just saying like, that's the way. Even when you personally don't understand it and you go, okay, I'm going to trust this. Yeah. You know, and, and um, at the drive is a great example back then because it's like to people it was again, it was like, oh, okay, it's your big record. You finally, quote unquote, made it, you know, after seven years of Absolutely. like sleeping on floors and starving and, and everything else. So, so really it could be seen as really bad timing, but the, the other side of it is again, we're real people living real lives. And, and uh, if you've, you know, been doing something for seven or eight years, like you've been in it. Yeah. Even if somebody else just barely discovered it, you've been doing it day in, day out. And so you're changing as a person, you're growing, and then you're seeing a new path. And you're saying like, God, I really want all this money. Yeah. That's cut that's that's like that, you know, that's right here that they're telling you know, that they're offering the you to, right to, to stay in the band. Yeah. yeah. And I really love 
I love making this many people happy and I love playing to full, you know, crowds, full, full theaters, but there's a sound over here yeah. and there's only five people standing over there, but God damn it. Is it, is, you know, it's calling to me. Yeah. And it's, and so, so what I'm trying to say is that that's much larger than your own desires. Yeah. My own personal desires would have, would of course, especially at the, you know, I was 23. Of course, my own personal desires would have been like, sure, let's make some money and like, shit, I'll retire at 30 yeah. or whatever yeah, it is, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. but, um, I've been there because I played music 25 years and then just quit and started doing comedy. And people go, how did you just walk away from music like that? And I'm like, have you done anything for five years? You know what I mean? Yeah. Have, have you had a girlfriend for five yeah, years? Yeah, exactly. Have you lived in an apartment for five years? Exactly. Have you had a job for five years? Once you have, come talk to me and tell me what goes through your mind. Because for me, after 25 years, I was like, you know what? There's something else out there. I've done this. Yeah. I've done this and I, and I saw it to the end, yeah. you know, and I, I can relate to what you're talking about because a lot of times that big record comes out and you're like, oh, wow, maybe it's not really what you thought it was going to be. And you're like, I really do like the art side of it. I want to go try something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and it's definitely, I mean, that's a great point. It's exactly that. If you had a, you know, a same job for the five years, if you've, uh, if you've, I, I always back then, because I always try and really simplify things because you get a little too deep and it's like, it goes over people's heads maybe. But or that's they, or what they I just love don't want to accept it. I love when, <laughs> like, we, we talked that last time and it was like, man, we went from fucking, you know. Well, that was great. And also because we were a one on one, you know, and yeah. it's like, but sometimes again, you get in these rooms and you're doing it with journalists and like you, you see that he has uh, oatmeal north of the eyebrows you know and you're just like you're like okay i gotta simplify this you yeah. know and so you say you know or they're just coming from a different place and so a lot of times i would say look if you ate pizza every fucking day for just two years yeah. at a certain point your body falls apart and says give me some vegetables right now you know or whatever it is if you do anything enough over and over and over again, yep. a certain part of you craves something else. It, you know, and, it's and true. That's, and that's that's really what it was. It's like we were playing in one, dis, you know, certain style. We were exploring one certain narrative. We were doing it over and over. We were we did years. You know, we toured nine months out of the year. Yeah, nine months we were on the road playing to three people, to twenty people, to five people, getting paid in cigarettes and change. And like, it's beautiful that things took off when they did. But that was. That was seven years in playing yeah. nine months out of the year, you know, yeah. uh, rarely sleeping in your own bed, like doing one thing. And after a certain point, you're like, man, but there's all this other music and there's all this other art and there's all these other ideas I want to explore. And like, is and the time to do it's were, now. Is that because you were getting older or also because uh, I wanted to ask you that when you're younger, when you're 14, um, what are you listening to? Is it only punk or is it, are you, are you all over the board? You know what I mean? Because like, once you get to Mars Volta, I, I swear, I, I thought, I said to myself, this is my Zeppelin. Like, you know, everybody's like, aren't you bummed you didn't see Zeppelin? I go, hell yeah, I am. But you know what? I saw the version of Zeppelin I'm supposed to see, and it's, it's Mars Volta. Wow. It was like Zeppelin, Santana, <laughs> right. psychedelic badass. And, and, and so I never looked back like, man, I wish I saw Zeppelin. 
I saw equivalent to what it would be like to see Zeppelin probably to somebody in 73, right. you know? So what were you listening to? Was it only one thing and then you get older and you go, well, I'm hearing other sounds. I want to go do Mars Volta or what? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, thank you for that huge yeah, compliment. It's, it's true though, because <laughs> I was floored on that Palladium show on the last tour oh, with the right. backdrops that fucking change. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and these 15, 18 minute songs. I'm coming out of like, uh, I, I think just meeting you six months ago it was my first real dead like, all of a sudden, I'm hooked on the dead. I saw the dead. <laughs> right. You and I are talking the dead, which people would get like, no way, Omar don't talk no the dead, you know? Yeah. But it's, uh, I really, really love psychedelic music, and especially lately, Pink Floyd, like the metal record. Oh, yeah, and, great yeah, record. Yeah, right? And, yeah. and so, a long way to that question, though. You're 14, you're young. What are you rocking in El Paso? Well, you know, the, the thing is, is like... <clears throat> I'll let me address one thing and then I'll work backwards, Absolutely. which is like when you when you start a band like uh, like the Mars Volta, like when you're leaving something, and you go really like the only drive when you're walking away from money and all these other temptations that have nothing to do with the creative spirit. Yeah, like, the real drive is like, what is the band that I want to hear? Like, I love all these records from all these different genres. But there's just one sound that I that I want to hear that, you, you know, and so you try and create this thing that you haven't heard yet because you've studied all this music from the past. And so now to go backwards, like I was, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. I was yep. born in Puerto Rico in Bayamón. I was raised in Naranjito, which is like one street with like, you know, there's a church and there's a movie theater. Yeah. Then we moved to Puebla, Mexico, you know, and then we and then we eventually make, you know, get, get to the States. And I've been surrounded by Mexicans my whole life. So I've adopted that, uh, um, th their way of speaking Spanish, which is very, very different from my own. It's a different dialect. Right. And so, but, but, uh, my family is very good about always keeping our own culture intact, no matter where we went, especially when we moved to America. All our friends are Puerto Rican, the music supporter. So, so I grew up with what most people knew as salsa music, which is really Guajira, Huahuanco, Merengue, yep. you know. It's a lot of different styles of music all put under one umbrella. And that's, that's my biggest inspiration, like the, the Charlie Palmetti, Eddie Palmetti, uh, you know, all, uh, La Lupe, all these great uh, artists from the late '60s, you know, once they really start infusing, you know, fusing with uh, with jazz and everything, this is the stuff I was raised on. And Your so, parents are playing that in the house. My my parents are playing the house. This is we play these folk songs. Music. Yeah, we use the neighborhood music. Right. When you go to a party, that's what's happening. When you get Christmas, everything, everything is our music. Is and is and then rice beans and fried bananas. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, yeah I love that. And, and, and so it's yeah. like. And so it's like you know this is this is the only thing and 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 music in English just sounded funny to me you know like a, like a like a novelty you know and something like this and my dad liked Miles Davis so this is instrumental music and I'm, yeah. this is the things I'm listening to and then you know we moved to El Paso I'm 12 years old and and uh, somebody plays me Black Flag and the Dead Kennedys wow and all of a sudden this thing. He awakes in me and I, and I feel the exact same feeling by the way that I get from these crazy arrangements of salsa music which are really complicated and my dad plays uh, music they have a band together and my uncles and everyone's playing and I can never keep up you know because yeah. it's really now your dad played me uh, what did he play? Uh, my dad played guitar and sings you wow. know and, and, and was the band leader so he, he had a group with my uncle and, what were and they my called? aunt uh Jesus, I can't remember the, the, the name of the band right now eventually he went solo and it was just under his name yeah. you know and so, uh, uh, did he so play electric or acoustic? He played. He played, stuff? he played acoustic, and he and he wrote, you know, on the acoustic guitar. And then he was just like I said, like just the singer, you know. Yeah. And and my 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 first keyboard was my 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 uncle's uh, Honer Pianet because that's what they would use. And when they got the nicer keyboard, yeah. they're like, oh, here you go, kid. You know, yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Honer <laughs> clavinet. 
Oh yeah, oh, and the clavin and all that stuff. What a fucking sound, right? You know, yeah, and 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 yeah, it's a great sound. Yeah, and Stevie Wonder, and and actually that yeah. that, that the that doors, sound, that sound eventually that sound eventually uh, uh, hits popular culture in America too. You know, salsa music, especially you know later in the in the '80s and everything, and gets you know a lot of the musicians start hearing that sound like Stevie Wonder, and, and yeah. you know, is this cross pollination happening? But for me, it was punk rock. I heard it, and it just made me feel the same fire. Like, I just wanted to get up and just go crazy, yeah. which is how you feel when you hear salsa. You just want to dance, you know? I remember and here I, in Holiday in Cambodia and uh, on KOSF in San Fran. I told this story recently, and it just came on, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, East like, Bay Ray, man. Yeah, the lay on yeah, his guitar, right? and, and then Jello's voice, oh, you know? And you're like, what man, the hell's happening? Yeah. The whole spirit of it, and then the, the lyrics. The album and cover. The, the album the cover. cover. I just re- I recently got a mint copy. Mint yeah. for 90 bucks with the poster and everything, you know? Right. And I was like, God, it's so Sam Fran. And then Dead Kennedy, I mean, um, Black Flag, I never got into. Uh, I went backwards. I was a humongous Rollins fan. That first record with the three-piece band, the, the jazz, yeah. jazzy sound of Rollins. Right, one. right. Uh, oh, he's coming tonight, so. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, that, that fucking band was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, seeing him at Lollapalooza and just a smash in the face. I also saw him at Slim's. You just can't believe how how great that is, you know? Yeah. So you you hear those two and you're like, boom. I this hear is those it. two and it's just like, and as an added bonus, I'm like, I could play that. You know? <laughs> like, here I was trying to keep up with my uncles, you know, and yeah. try to try to play a son montuno and just cannot swing it enough or just like, you know, keep up when they start improvising. And I hear punk rock. I'm like, I can, I could definitely do that. You now, know. Now, did you try to play right-handed at first? No, 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 yeah. It was just like anytime I tried moving, it just never felt right, you right. know. And so I just, I. I I learned originally just upside down because you're at your friend's house and you're using other people's Hendrick instruments. Uh, yeah, I mean, he restrung eventually. He restrung it, yeah. yeah. Who, somebody played it the other way. Uh, and Dick Dale. Yeah, Dick Dale played upside others. down. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. whack, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And those things were inspired just to see how people, you know, because they, they told me, you know, a lot of, People, when you go into the guitar shop, they'd be like, "Oh no, you're never gonna amount to anything if you play left hand." You know, you gotta, you gotta yeah. switch. You gotta be right-handed. You're gonna have a hard time the rest of your life. And in in one way, they were, they were right. In the other way, I can play guitar upside down. Like, isn't that cool? You know, I can play both ways. Like, it's like I learned an extra skill. You know, yeah. so and so and this is how I meet all my. Cl- I mean, Paul, who plays, you know, and at the drive-in, our bass player, he, he's literally the first person I meet in El Paso, you know, and we had English class together, and on Mondays, the teacher would make us write a story about what we did over the weekend. He'd read it out loud in the class, but he wouldn't say who who, who read the paper. He would just read certain papers that right. he thought were, were, that he liked. And so mine was all about that I finally got a bass, you know, and, and like, I'm so excited about it, and it's not left-handed, but I'm going to convert it and all this stuff, and, and Paul was this, you know, intimidating guy sitting in the back with a shaved head and a jean jacket, you know, and a DOA patch, and wow. and, he, and he throws a note, hits me in the back of the head, and I grab the note, and he said, hey, man, was that your story about the bass, you know? <laughs> He looked at the whole. He looked at the whole class, and he said, "He says that guy right there." Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, yeah, that was me." He's, he's like, "Hey, you know any songs? That, you know, do you know any songs?" And he, and so I put like, I didn't know any, uh, mu- you know, American other people's music. music. Yeah. yeah. And so and so I just knew like the few things I had heard. Like so, I go, "Yeah, I know this by the Misfits, and I know this Black Flag song." And he gets and he goes, "Oh, cool! I know those two. Let's get together and jam." You know. So okay, we meet up. Paul was from the projects from Machuca. Wow. And I go down there and we meet up. 
And uh, and we sit down and we're both sitting there and we're both nervous. And then finally I go, man, I got to be honest. I don't know any of those songs. I just want to play with somebody. And he goes, <laughs> and then he goes, oh, thank God. I don't know any of them either. And I, I want to play with somebody. <laughs> and how you old know? were you guys? We, I was 12. Paul's a year older than me. So he Fuck. was 13. And so he started taking me to, to punk shows, you know, and this is where I see Cedric. And eventually yeah. we meet at the rehearsal. I say the rehearsal room, but really it was a buddy's garage. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Where, where are you guys seeing shows in El Paso? What's the venue? Is it's it all, it's all back backyards or oh. it's it's like a uh, ruben's campus queen at the time off mesa it's not there anymore it's like god knows what now uh mesa inn is still there gadanks mesa inn yeah. you know and then there's this awesome place called you know the cool thing about it, it was still it was still you know this is 1988 1989 so it's still punk shows are still wild oh, you yeah. know it hasn't completely yeah. like hit the mainstream corporate. in the yeah. way that it, yeah it's, and so it's like a, a good amount of shows like where, where we really like came into our own was a place called the dead end and it was an abandoned building that had electricity coming from the building next door wow. and like you know someone gets stabbed or people fight and that like that's just what it is yeah, you know yeah, <laughs> like it's kind of like Caius, that early thing it was just the desert uh, parties you know, yeah, it was like just thousands of people out there on drugs. You're just like, out there doing whatever, and whatever happens is yep. is what happens, you know. And so, and so that also makes you get a, a thick skin. That and the aggressive music, you know, you get a thick skin. You're out there, and like, and especially at the time, you know, I was a singer in these bands, so it's like you're fighting with people. People are yeah. right up in your face, and you just got to hold your ground, you know. And I was. I mean, I'm still very small. I was like, yeah. I looked even younger then in a very small frame, and so I had to like double while out you know so people would just like leave me alone and let yeah. me do my thing you know I, I, I imagine that early footage you know when you see rollins when he just he's the singer now and right. you're just fucking spitting on him and shit and you're right. just like right. wow man i mean and now look at him the guy is like uh, he's he's a king yeah he's like the godfather of that you know and it, but so i understand it was like it's got to be really crazy because he was like you know like a maniac yeah he was tough like small I, dude. I was yeah. just yeah pretend you know what i mean and you know and i got knocked out a couple times yeah. and i knocked a couple people out and it was just like whatever it's just what, what it was the important thing is like that we got to play music together you know yeah. and we got to go into jimmy's basement and rehearse all day and all night long and do whatever our rituals were for good luck you know yeah <laughs> and yeah, yeah things yeah. like this and so so this is the this was this was the very much the culture so we just gravitated towards each other you know and we just would end up hanging out together because you know you end up hanging out with the people that are most obsessed that when when you're obsessed, you end up hanging out with the people, the people that 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 don't that don't make the cut and don't like you know learn their stuff, you know what that don't do whatever that can't make it to rehearsals yeah. or always have an excuse. Oh. You ask anyone in a band or any kind of troupe, you know, or any kind yeah. of collective, like that stuff becomes apparent real quick. Not to the person who's acting that way, but to everybody else, and then you immediately, you, you, you immediately, and you cut the fact because you're like, no way, like, yeah. I love and this, I'm serious about I it. I had a I had a hard time. Because it, sometimes it would be your good friends, and you're totally now you're now you're doing art with your good friends, and you start to see that they really don't want it that much. And instead of them stepping out, like, hey, you guys got way more drive than you me. gotta step out. We I were know, just you gotta step out. we were just talking about this with with Keely because he he he, he uh, skateboards. He loves skateboarding. And I said, you know what? I was getting pretty good at skateboarding. I could do stairs. And I was doing kickflips off the stairs, and and then I sprained my ankle, yeah. and I said, okay, I'm out. Yeah. Simply because I saw these other guys around me, they were willing to break their ankles. I wasn't willing to right. go all the way, so I didn't. De I didn't feel I had the right to to be skateboarding or to call myself a skateboarder or whatever yeah. you know at the time. Like, so I said, like, oh no, I like I don't deserve this because I'm not willing to go all the way. You gotta give everything. You gotta up give everything for if, what you're gonna do. You yeah. know, it's like comedy. Uh, a lot of people, 
you'll see the part-timers. They're on the outside The, part, the weekend warriors. Yep. Yeah. And then you see the real dudes at four in the morning when you walk into a diner and you see the other guys and they're in the corner and they're just going, yeah, this joke's not working and oh, I can't yeah. fucking. And you go, these are the dudes. These are the dudes right here. The other guys, they're home with their girl and they're going to go out maybe on they're, Saturday. Yeah, and they want to do anything else. And yep. they want to do, but but they but they like the feeling of being on stage or, oh, what, or yeah. whatever it is that they like about it. That's just enough to keep them floating. But then there's the guys who are just consumed by it. Oh, you completely. Know? And, and that's, that's how I feel. And those, those, are the, those are the greats. Whether, yeah. whether they make it to mainstream, you know, to if our band had never got, got the, the, the success that we had, like we would have still been doing, would have still been loving it. We just would have been doing what we were doing then, which was like working these shitty jobs and yeah. like quitting every six yeah. months, you know, oh, and yeah. being and, like, and fuck and you. Losing <laughs> relationships. And, exactly. Uh, and, 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 and eating shitty and, and no health care no. and fucking right. whatever. And putting know? this thing just first. The, Only above everything you don't you even know? care about anything else no you, know? you don't i mean I, I was playing music in the 80s uh, of course i played music up until around 2000 i think five or six but in the 80s you would always know a part-timer when they go hey dude my show's on tonight you know my right. show on tv right like, uh, my show's on tonight i go what, what does that even fucking mean <laughs> my show's on this is the fucking show right right here we're in heaven we're in a rehearsal studio yeah can we stop by about nine my show's on i'm like you're out of here yeah exactly my show's no, on that's tonight? exactly right you know, it's it's a it's a cool thing, like you know, just doing these shows again and meeting you know old fans, you know, meeting new fans, but meeting guys that the, the guys and girls that were around when we were around, saying these stories, like, man, I saw you guys in such and such and such in '90, whatever, and like uh, you played, and there was only four people, but you played like there was ten thousand. And it always struck a, a chord in me because I was like, well, how else are you supposed to play? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, are you going to play less just because there's the, it's like, man, for us, we were like, we were broke. We were, we were like living in our van or whatever, but we weren't broke inside. Inside, we were like, we're living the dream. Like we're out yeah. in the country, seeing the, you know, seeing the country, seeing the world, and we're playing our music. There's no such you know? thing as a shitty gig. Right. You know what's a shitty gig? Starbucks working there. Right, exactly. That's a That's shitty a gig. That's a shit gig. Working and, and I tell people that all the time when I'm doing comedy. They go, oh, man, there's only nine people. I go, what? You know what? This is nine more people than you would have at fucking FedEx working here exactly. driving the truck. That are there listening to you instead of like trying to shit on you. Quit you know? looking like, for the fucking big thing. Yeah, looking for more, more, more. Yeah, It's crazy. No, it's all. Th this always comes up when people, when people, I'll do interviews with people, you know, say like, oh, uh, uh, you're you're so prolific. How, how does this happen? And how did this? this how, and I said, like, it's not that I do a lot; is that others do very little. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it all twisted. You're you know. You're so right. And it's uh, and it's only because it, it, it and it works that way because man, when I worked at Vizzini's Pizza. I, I like all I did was daydream about getting out at 10 o'clock, you know, after I'm done mopping the floor so I can go back and play music. Yeah. You know, and so now all of a sudden you get handed this gift where someone goes, okay, you don't have to do that shit anymore. You just play music. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to play music. You're going to do what you love doing. A lot of artists, unfortunately, like oh, they right get, there. they get that moment and then they're like, they make an album every three years or whatever. You know what's they... prol prolific was every band in the seventies putting two records out a two, year. Two a year. Sixties, seventies. That was just the, and that's, that's just why how it looks it was. so weird now because all of a sudden it's one record every five years. You're like, wait, do you play music? 
for a living or do you just play it when you have to? Right. You know what I mean? And it's a combination of that and, and just the fear. The fear of like, you know, because it's a, it's an industry and like everyone knows like an actor in a movie or, or, or a musician with a record with the old saying like, you're only as good as your last record. Yeah. So if one record bombs and you have this whole... Uh, percentage of people that give up on you, you that's, know, and, you know, and it's, it's just crazy. that's it. So that, pe people are afraid if they had something good, they're like, oh, "I don't want to do another one because yeah, <laughs> I got to ride this shit out right now." <laughs> I hate that thing because I I always put Prince up there with Purple Rain. His next record was Sign of the Times, which I feel is the greatest record he ever did. Right. But, you know, people are like, oh, Sign of the Times ain't good. It's a failure. It's like, are you out of your mind? Right. This is a double record, and it's like funk. You right. know, Ballad of Dorothy Parker, all these great tunes. But that's what you're, you're correct, you know, because people look at it as like, I love ACDC, and after Bag and Black, they put up for those about to rock, and people are just kind of like, ah, it's okay. Like, Plus, the thing is, is people are looking at it like like a microscope or like an ant. Like they're just yeah. looking at one moment where an artist, the, the person who's creating this music, is looking at it as a whole body. Yeah. They're not looking at it as just this one moment. They're looking at it as a, as a whole thing that's happening. There's some perspective to it, and it's like, and then I say thinking like an ant only because that not to insult people, but just meaning that that they they have. Th they have on their side that they can look back in history and go like, oh, okay, there's these reoccurring patterns. Yeah. So like a good example would be Miles Davis. Okay. So 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 he comes in, he changes the he changes the face of music, you know. Yeah. He does it two more times. Then he and everyone's like, he's a genius, he's a visionary, he sees things we don't see, so we're gonna follow him. Then he goes electric, and they're like, he's a piece of shit. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, you just said that he sees things that you can't see, and now you're not gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, even though you don't get it now, even though you've been following him. Yeah. The it's whole like time, literally following him into new territory yeah and now you're saying like oh, i don't know about this it's it's like like of course it's going to take a minute to catch up because for the same reason you, you decided to follow this person in the first place like yeah. they're following some they themselves are following some creative spirit that they've tapped into and like we should be so lucky that we get to hear miles davis records you know yeah, absolutely absolutely you know it's 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 i think what people uh I think probably about 75, maybe 80% of people are part-time fans. And then the right. real fans go the whole ride Completely. with who they love. Completely. You know what I mean? And perfect example, uh, uh, Miles, also Dylan. Dylan has so many different uh, genres. You know, he's the folk guy. Then he's the electric guy, and they boo him, you know. And, yeah. And then, and then he does uh, the Christian records. At the time, were supposed to be the worst records ever, and now they're like some of my favorite, you know. Right. And then he does, later on in his career, uh, Time Out of Mind, I think it is, whatever, uh, like 10 years ago, which is one, also one of the greatest records he ever does, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, man. And it happens over and over, yeah. and yet people don't give yeah. artists the benefit for the doubt it happens to, i mean from there hitchcock you know hitchcock has to put up his house and all his life savings in yeah. order to make psycho because they're like no you're washed up you know what and you want to do this this film about a guy cross-dressing guy yeah, murdering people yeah. Yeah, yeah you're like oh you're cheap man you know yeah and it, so so they, they've 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 dubbed him a master yeah. but then the minute that, that he's talking about it, using a language they don't understand they're like nah you're lower than the lowest of the low. You're not a master. It's like, it doesn't yeah, even make right. sense. It doesn't make sense at <laughs> it doesn't all. Make it, it's like craziness. Yeah, you're just kind of like, wait, you loved all this stuff up to it, and now it's like, nah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Like, really, his, his brain's a piece of shit. Yeah. We're not trusting that. <laughs> I, I'm a huge Coppola fan. 
Huge. Another guy who had to put up his... Uh, exactly. You know, it, it, Puts up his place to do Apocalypse Now. Right. They look at him as a lunatic, uh, which is funny. I was, I was re-listening to uh, Relationship, and I wanted to ask Cedric this. It, it, this just sparked my mind, but uh, the litter tune, you know, um, when he's talking in there, it reminds me a lot of when... When uh, Hopper's like, what are they going to call him? A wise man? Oh, right. Con- that, his, right. his rhythms in there talking, you know? Right. Uh, it really reminds me of that right. scene in that. What are you going to land on fractions, one, two? No, yeah, I don't think so. That's like, what right? I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It really <laughs> yeah. feels like that. And it's amazing that that's what I get from that song. I just go, God, that's, that takes me to Apocalypse Now. And like I'm sure that. that's a part of I mean, that's a movie we grew up with, we exactly. loved watching, and that's... That's another thing that's important for people to understand that that uh, that when you're really obsessed with this stuff, like you're pulling from everywhere. That 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 yes, of course, music, and yes, of course, the greats and Zeppelin and, and all this stuff. But a big part of it is like movies, is yeah. politics, is the guy who you know who punched you on the face in the corner for no reason. You yeah. know, yeah. it's a it's absolutely everything is is you know sensory uh, input. Yeah, and it goes in there, and you can't possibly keep it all in or else you'll go crazy and then it, it comes out as output that, it, that's why i love talking to you and cedric it's weird i talked to cedric for hours and you know we could go anything from bionic man to terence trent darby you right. know what i mean right and and, and and there's no stall of me going like what are you talking about there or him going like ah, i don't i don't know that right you know, we're, right. we're just talking cars next thing you know we're talking about the movie two-lane blacktop right and, oh, great and film. I, I think it's a thing which is really cool that a couple guys from El Paso have such deep, deep roots in uh, all different art forms. You know what I mean? Because I've traveled the, the world, and so have you, and you get to a lot of places, and the movies aren't available to people. There's no art houses, right? Uh, and there's no internet back then. You really had to fucking seek shit out and be the the head on the street. Like, hey, you yeah. hear this movie, man? You got to see this movie, Gummo. And you're like, Gummo? Right. What the fuck is Gummo? An association. You would see the liner notes and you'd yeah. see who they were thanking. And you're like, who the hell is this? And yeah. you have to dig it up and you go to the library. And like, right? And then there wouldn't be pictures sometimes. And so you're just like building the you know these images up in your mind of what exactly these people are and what their lives are like and how the hell they came up with this film or this sound or this book or this exactly or this way of like I viewing just politics love that shit. i love the internet but i also hate it because i think i learned so much you know uh from films and everything and it's it's really cool where were you guys finding out about that kind of shit in el paso were there some cool kids or were you guys the cool kids you know to no me it no was older we, people we had the older guys right yeah. like when i was telling you like i met cedric and they were like yo this is our new singer those are the that was phantasmagoria that was the older cats like they were so cool you know and like and they had this young singer you know he's like oh this guy's my age and he gets to sing for phantasmagoria you know how does that work you yeah, know and, yeah yeah and uh and so those guys would be turning you on to music and again when you're obsessed you're just eating it up and you're looking at the liner notes and you're going to the next thing but but there was that type of focus where you could be obsessed and really good you know get in there and absorb it all and go to the to the next thing like i think you know the internet's great obviously and obviously it has its bad sides too but also like a wealth of information is a poverty of knowledge you know because it's like 
How, how much can you take in if you're just reading cliff notes? And so reading a, a Wikipedia page about, let's say, John Adams yeah. is not the same as reading Dave McCullough's book on John Adams. It's not the same as putting yourself in the time period and going like really diving in to the specifics and realizing how people were thinking and how they were speaking and why these people were making the decisions they were making. The cliff notes of a subject is never the same as diving into the subject and, and crawling out of it from the inside out. Absolutely. You know, so. Absolutely. Now... Uh, one thing I really loved about the two of you, and I've talked to Cedric about this, is I love rock and roll more than anything on the planet. And the other thing I love is rock and roll fashion. Not like, you know, I'm talking looks. I'm talking Bowie. Right, right. I'm, I'm talking Ramones. Right. With the, with the unison look. I'm talking Velvet Underground, shorts, Rollins, Velvet Underground, Rollins. Whatever it is, yeah. man. Um, and I always loved that you guys had a fucking look. And I think a lot of people don't understand the power of that. But when I first see you guys, I go, wow, those guys look cool as fuck. You know? <laughs> what, what was the look you guys were rocking? Was it just standard punk in El Paso back in the day, like a, a jean jacket and, and some jeans? Yeah, you know, it was really, yeah, it was basically just like, you know, just simple stuff, jeans, a t-shirt, you yep. know, a t-shirt of some band you like or some shit, you know, an army jacket, whatever, it was, you know, whatever was on the cheap that was there. And also, you know, again, you would see those few images, like I remember the first time seeing a, 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 the Dead Kennedys, uh, you know, on the, the VHS of uh, Live Off Broadway, whatever that, you know, those final performances was and, and seeing them there for the first time and seeing East Bay Ray in his button up shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that guy's weird. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's yeah. like, I always thought that about Billy Zoom, you know, <laughs> right. he's winking at people. You're like, right. what the fuck is going on? With yeah, that what are guy? they? What are these guys doing, yeah, man? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and and then and then of course a big part of it is you influence each other. Then you know, of course, like you know, your buddy gets you know these winos downtown that were only five bucks, and you're like, whoa, what are those? Oh yeah, I got them. They're only five bucks. Oh cool, man. And, you know, and yeah. you go and you get them to where'd you find them? And you make a a day out of it, and you go get it. You know, and so. So at the time, you know, it's it's really you don't think of it as fashion. That was something that was like was a bit of a culture shock for us when we when we did become uh, uh, popular in media, was sort of like you know like oh the hair yeah. the look like to 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 me I just had long hair I yeah. didn't realize you know I, I'm around a bunch of other spics you know like I'm yeah. like yeah like when you got long hair it's curly and it goes out instead of down yeah. you know like <laughs> so like to me we were just like these like hippie like scumbags you know like yeah. they're just unkept you know and like, everyone else was like whoa you know yeah. once we were in the media and I was like holy shit I've been wearing the same jeans for like a year yeah you know and like the jacket falling apart and, and my little Puerto Rican flag you know but but it became a thing somehow, you know, and then then it hit me like as annoying as it was to me at the time, because a lot of the a lot of the things pe people when you go interview, you know, they just want to talk about and your hair, how that I'm like, motherfucker, it's just my hair. Like, yeah. you want to talk about yeah. art or politics yeah, or anything music. else like yeah, or the exactly. music, anything <laughs> Yeah. like but then it hit me. I was like, oh, OK, so like, right. So these other guys that I've been looking at, you know, Ramones or Dead Kennedys or whatever. Right. They were just doing their thing. Totally. You know, they, they had a cult, they had their own culture, you know, their own subculture happening. Someone yep. snapped the photo of them and then I'm looking at the photo and I'm going, cool. Oh God. You know, and so it's like the same thing. Now someone snapped the photo. As hard as it for, is for me to 
process and understand someone snapped a photo of me and now all of a sudden somebody else however many miles away goes oh cool absolutely you know <laughs> absolutely I, I i i worship rock photography man it makes me fucking crazy and i take a lot of pictures and it, it is kind of annoying sometimes but there there's like right when i walked in i shot a photo of you because in my mind there are these snapshots of of life and rock and roll and and five years from now you go look at this man this is it no, I'm so. That's a great point. I'm so grateful. Like as much as I, I mean, it it really was hard to adjust, and it sounds like a funny thing to complain about. Oh my God, we're so popular. I get you it. Know, like I get it. But it really was hard to adjust to like people snap because also when people take pictures of you, or particularly photographers, it's not like most of the time it's not like this natural thing. Like, no. like they take it. Yeah. Mostly it's like okay, and now can you do something? Yeah. Now, now, now move around. And it's like now get that look off your face. You know. So tilt, it's like tilt your shoulder. It was, yeah. So it's real abrasive. You know. Yeah. And I just fucking I really hated it. Yeah. I just wanted to be left alone to just write me music you know now i'm so grateful yep i look back at these things that i'll be able to show my family my kids you know like i, I just look at back at all these photos and i'm like oh yeah and and immediately just from one little thing in the background i, I could go like i remember that totally i was sick that day or whatever that photographer she was cool or that guy was an asshole or like <laughs> yeah, you know whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I love it my house is just covered in in badass photos and and I come in, when people come to do the podcast, they'll be like, wow, look at that. And I'll be like, that's Zeppelin, 77, last show ever in the States, you know? Right. Uh, the next day, Robert Plant's, you know, kid dies, tour's over. Jesus, you know, yeah. You know, just that kind of thing. Totally. You can just look at eras from outfits, dragon pants, Jimmy Page. Yeah. What the fuck? How does he go dragon pants? Right. You know what I mean? Does right. he go up to the girl and go, you know, I'm thanking some dragons, mate. Right. Like maybe because he's chasing the dragon. Right, right. It's his logo. He's all heroined up. You know what right, I mean? Right, 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 right. And then right. there he is on Nebworth. He's wearing a fucking blue satin shirt with a white skinny tie. He's new wave looking with the white pants. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. Just, I, I love looks and times of rock, you know? Um Speaking of that, uh, can, let's talk about making this uh, record when you when you first work on with Ross and you, you're writing the tunes for relationship. These tunes, man, are fucking epic. Now, Thank you. What? Okay, where'd you guys do that record? Was it up in Malibu? Yeah, uh, at Indigo Ranch. Right. That's where we recorded. But really, like when we were writing, like the other guys, you know, were still living in El Paso. Cedric and I had moved to Long Beach. I had right. found this warehouse in Long Beach, and so like we loaded up my my little Toyota Terrorist van. What made you <laughs> land there, Long Beach? Uh, it was it was really random. I I've always sort of just gone with the moment, you know, and like sort yeah. of like all these things that seem random. I always give a lot of meaning to them, for better or for worse. I'm like, okay, follow the bird. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I just saw that bird or that yeah. cat. Just just walk yeah, through the alley. Yeah. I got to follow that cat. He looked at me and said, Long Beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like we were playing at the time and I met somebody and they said something about Long Beach and I took the trip. So I just, I, was, I don't know Long Beach. I don't know Long Beach from a hole in the wall, you know? Yeah. So I rode the blue line down to Long Beach and then I'm walking around and then I see the guy that was telling me about it. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I live right over here, you know? And so everything, yeah. this is how my life has always worked. And so everything just starts to like snowball and connect just off of a whim and uh and then so i find this this place and then i go back home and i tell cedric like yeah i found this place it's 500 bucks a month but you know like we're, i think we're making a little bit of money now i think we can do it if you and me put more money together so we yeah. loaded all at a tv collection back then we loaded my tv collection in my van and we drove out to long beach and i and i built all the rooms you know i used to love carpentry and this stuff and built all the rooms built like a little you know shitty studio in there 
And uh, and this is where you know we lived together, so we were always writing together. Of course. And we were always like you know putting our riffs together and putting themes together, and like and our influence is the same because we're together every single day, every single waking moment. Yeah. You know, and so like all the sensory input again is like pretty much the same, just being processed through different spirits that have that have a lot in common that have met each other way before this. You know, yeah, so yeah, it's like yeah, absolutely. So so a lot of it is like we're just cooking and we're just like oh here is another one and another one and another one. You know, and so these guys come out to LA. The Ross thing is interesting because, you know, we didn't want to work with him. Oh yeah. You know, at the time, like we were like, you know, we wanted like Mark Trumbino or maybe like one of the guys from Fugazi or something, right. you know. And uh and they're like, well, Ross Robinson wants to work with you. And we're like, who's that? You know, and they're like, like corn and limb biscuit. We're like, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, like not on your life. Like no way. You know <laughs> And we play San Francisco and he's there and he won't leave us alone. And and this again, to his credit, this is this thing about being obsessed and passionate and yeah. and he will not leave us alone. And finally, he's just in my ear, and he's like, "Listen, like, we record, like, we'll do something. I'll pay for the studio. We'll do it for free, and then you could you could tell me to fuck off or not." But he's like, "But how do you know you like something you never even tried it? Yeah. You know, like, and, and so you, you can't argue with that. You know, that's like, okay, so he's accusing me of being closed-minded. Fuck that. Uh, I'll show you close. You know, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So like, we decide, okay, let's do it, and we get together with him, and we record a um, I forget I forget what what song now, but but we recorded one song with him. And, you know, we'd never been in the studio like that. We never had somebody like paying that much attention to the, and that's nothing against Alex Newport and these other guys we work with, but that these guys were like superbly skilled engineers that let us right. do our thing. You yeah. know what I mean? And told us when we and were. And that works sometimes. And that works just great. That totally. was, I mean, especially then, because we had to make our records in two days. Especially with the style of music you're playing, you're not getting all intricate. Uh, a producer, what some people don't know is we'll be like, you know what? I think the third verse is a little long. Let's go to a bridge here and yeah. maybe change the speed, tempo. Let's yeah. see what that's or like. Or simplify this right, or the right. other. But we were pretty much just left alone, totally. you know, and they would tell us that was a good take. That wasn't. We can splice between these two takes. Ross was in there, you know, on his hands and knees with the pedals and like, you know, making all these little tiny adjustments. And, and we were all just from our individual and collective experience. So like we were sold. We were like, okay, let's, yeah. let's do this, you know. And so we went up to, to, to Indigo Ranch. It was, we had just done the deal with, at the time it was Den, but that guy got busted for being in a jacuzzi with an underage boy. So then like, Whoa. we were out of our, <laughs> wow, we were, really? <laughs> yeah. so we were, uh, yeah, they were like this internet cup. They were way ahead of the curve. I mean, they were doing like sort of internet uh, TV shows shows but the, the internet wasn't fast enough for most people to even you know it just they were just way too ahead of the curve and then this thing happened and it all fell apart and so then we were like free agents yeah and then they're like yo mike d from the beastie boys he he wants to he wants to sign you guys did, and, uh, how did he know about you from just the days of the of, i think of just yeah, just from playing so much and word definitely like the, this was like the, the the turning point for us we're just getting around you know around yeah. certain circles and uh, uh, i uh, I, I want to say it's mostly in terms of that, in terms of industry, like our, our fans are, are what supported us through those years and made it so that we could get from town to course, town. Of course. And then in terms of actually like getting a record deal of that caliber, it was really like these other artists that were like, they were like, yo, I like, yo, they're out of tune and they fucking like yeah. sound crazy, but like I see that there's something good here. Yeah. And so word would get around and uh, and Mike D comes down and says, hey, I want to sign you guys. Yeah. So, so I Mike, mean, Mike D like, the Beastie Boys, I mean, Paul's Boutique still 
is so iconic. Yeah. You know, I, I look at those guys and I think, hey, ladies, and I think that Silver Lake whole thing of them living in that house and wearing those people, yeah. that, that lady's husband's clothes. And, yeah. and it's just fucking mind boggling to it me. Was am- man, it was amazing. It, it was, was amazing. A, it was a game changer. You know, we yeah. had that cassette with the little green cassette, you know, yeah. we'd play the shit out oh, of it. God. And then and then check your head happened. And like, that was just across the board. Like the punks love it. The yeah. fucking essays, you know, the cholos loved it. Yeah. Like it was just everybody like bonded over it. the skaters everybody and then the instrumental uh the instrumental stuff so the the, 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 the music the heads love oh. it you know so it's like you're like what the fuck is so these guys a, are the best yeah so 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 when they said you know mike d you know and grand royal we were like you know at the time we were still sort of in this like you know major label versus yeah. like you know the, the, there was that whole thing where like if you were even affiliated with anything having to do with the major like you were ostracized from the scene gone you know but grand royal was always one that we said like no they're actually really cool and like they're putting out these cool records and like you know he's putting his money where his mouth is and and uh and we were big beastie boys fans and so we're like yeah man we went and did the record in in uh an indigo ranch there a classic studio that studio is amazing uh i think lenny kravitz did let love rule in there yeah it's all analog yeah and it had like a neve board or something yeah it was all it was all i mean and that was the thing but i remember back then we just barely hearing about the, the the times that come hearing about Pro Tools, I think someone was saying like, yeah, there's this new thing and the, you know there's no tape machine yeah. and you can literally just put in a note, you can put a bass drum in, you can record it, you can put a snare drum and you can make a whole thing out of that. You don't even have to love music or know the craft <laughs> or do any. You don't have to do anything. You can yeah. just punch in data. Ugh. And we're like, that's crazy. That's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> 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 and now we're dominated by like a lack of interest in, in like yeah. in culture or, or, yeah, or like yeah. craft or like. <laughs> to me, it seems like. Like it's a race how fast you can get out of the studio right where, where before it was like thank god we're in here can let's stay in here as long as we can oh before it was like gone. when they told us we were going to be in there in, in a, for a month yeah we thought it one we thought it was a joke two yeah. we were like what the hell are we going to do with a month we, yeah. we were been making our records in two days we just we couldn't even conceive it and, and and all of a sudden here we are like getting to do extra takes getting to talk about the you know what how we felt about it getting to redo stuff getting like to really dial in our tones and getting to like to try different things and yeah. changing lyrics and I mean, we were just in heaven, and we, you know, you live up there at that studio. It's like you just live up there because you're up in the out hills, in Malibu, out in Malibu, you know, and so like. And and uh, you know and the the other guys didn't really stay there as much, uh, but Cedric and I like lived there the entire time, wow. and we were just like we would just go get lost in the canyon, come back, yeah. you know, do do some recording, and we just like we're like wow, this is I could get used to this. That record, <laughs> the great thing about that record, man, is I listen to it all the time. I recently just got an original uh, copy of it unopened, and unfortunately, I just opened it like a week ago. That it was some kind of promo copy, and I didn't notice when I bought it. But they shot like a nail through the barcode area, and right? It went through the record, through the, through the CD on track two, through the record, right? Uh, yeah, on track two, <laughs> right? So when it's spinning, it got kong kong. I go, whoa, what's that? And I look, I go, those bastards. But I'm not gonna, I wasn't gonna take it back, right? Because the other tracks are all perfect, you know, right? But when you put that record on, it doesn't sound dated at all. As a matter of fact, it sounds fucking sonic man sonically it's just incredible there's no like oh there's that old reverb they were doing in 2002 (laughs) or whatever you know or there's that gated vocal it just sounds amazing you know were you you getting off on it when it was done did you think it was going to be huge or we didn't we didn't think anything like that we just we, we definitely thought like Oh, great. We made a great record, you know, yeah. and, and we were, I mean, we were so, you know, you get so taken in by the whole process, especially when you give yourself completely to it, 
that it's like that the, everything else ceases to exist. And so then you're just, you're just in that world. Yeah. And so for us, it's like, we just, we were just happy like to actually like get it done. I mean, that record finish, is deep, you know, that thing is deep. Oh, it was great. It I, was so, it was, I talk about a lot of times. I think one of the greatest things I saw on TV was when you guys played Letterman. I say it over and over. I remember I, I was laying in bed and he's like, I, I watch it all the time, too. He puts the CD up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest, our great band at the drive-in. And then this fucking punch in the face comes on. How did you get that gig, and what do you remember about it? Because to me, I it never left my mind. Because I saw you guys at the Great American Music Hall. Oh, and, and yeah, that was a great gig. Yeah, great American. Yeah, and I'm, I was like, I must see this fucking band. And, and there you are on TV, like... Well, you know, those are kind of a blur to me because it, it, it was really, you know, that's when stuff really started taking off. Yeah. And so it was a real, like, and, you know, you always hear people describe it that way, but it really was like sort of a whirlwind of the shit happening and you're just trying to retain your, you know, the, your decency and your, you know, yeah. in the face. Because, you know, you're also meeting like industry people that you just want to take a shower after you've met them, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, bullshit, it's just like this whole crazy world, you know, but you're grateful to like not be working at fucking, you know, yeah. telemarketing anymore or whatever it is. So Selling I, I I just remember one of those. I don't remember if it was Conan or that one. I just remember like, I didn't even finish the whole song. It was like, we were playing at, for whatever reason. My impulse was like, okay, I'm done. And I fucking threw my guitar and I jumped over the, jumped over the amp and went and sat backstage and started drinking water, you know, and like Cedric came and ran also off. And then the, the other guys, Tony was telling me that then, I think it was actually Conan. Cause he said, Conan walks over and he said, and tells him like, I collect guitars. Like, can I oh, have yeah. that one? Yeah. Him thinking that I just threw it and it's just some sort of show or something, and, and Tony had to tell him like that's his only guitar. Like if you <laughs> if you take if you take that, there's a, the tour ends. You yeah, know, like we yeah. don't, we don't have the money right that's now to hilarious. buy another one. You know, so. hey, he's got like nine of those, right? Let me get one. Exactly, right, exactly. So it was just like you know, it was real. That 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 definitely the TV show thing is definitely a, one thing I can say about it that was really is a lot of adrenaline that you don't realize because it's such a weird, stale, cold. It's freezing in those places. You know, it's yeah. really really oh, yeah, really it is. Cold. In there, yeah, and like I guess to keep everybody like snappy during the interview or something, I don't know well, what. So it they're is. not so, and so they're, yeah, so they don't look like yeah. you know some weird. You'd be burning up under those fucking lights. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's it's so it's so like I just have like the, the the environment's so stale, and, like and it was all new to us, and like and the people behind the scenes, by the way, were super cool. Like the yeah. band that's playing, you know, and and, oh, yeah. and with Letterman, the, the the you know Paul Schaefer, you know, he was like really cool and asking questions about the pedal. So behind the scenes is cool, but then you get up there and it's time to roll and everything so meticulous and so mechanical and it's got to be spot on that you're just like this surge of adrenaline that way outdoes any kind of other playing on stage or yeah. playing in front of people or one person or 10,000 people happens just because of the environment to, to to where one thing I do remember actually now about Letterman is like I got sick after that show because it was just too much adrenaline for me yeah. and I just like my body was flush and I threw up and I was just like felt awful afterwards yeah, yeah. you know and I'm like what you know, we were used well, to playing every single night. I'm like, how is it that one song well, wiped me out? At, you're playing at like <laughs> six in the afternoon. It's totally, right. it's totally, right. it's, it's uh, not our element. Not it's like, you're totally, and then, and then some it's other... just, okay. And then right before you go, they're like, okay, the whole world's going to see this. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know? And, uh, and then it's just like, okay, go and don't go over this certain amount of time because we got to go to a commercial break. Right. It's like, what? Yeah, there's all these parameters. For Everything it, about like, it's not punk. I actually, I remember we got to play uh, the Jules Holland show, which, which to us was like one of our favorites over in England, you know. And it's like we got to, you know, we were there with. 
I mean, I got to meet, you know, we were there with uh, 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 with Herbie Hancock, wow. you know, and, and, and Guru and like, and Van, um, Van Morrison, you know, all these great artists. And, uh, and it's our turn to play. And like the first note, I hit my guitar, it goes out of tune, and then my strap lock breaks and the, and the guitar falls on the ground. <laughs> and so I just pick up a tambourine, you know, oh, and I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're Brian Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> the tambourine Exactly. Guy. I'm like, all right, I'm the tambourine I'm guy now. Fuck oh. it, you know, like, what am I going to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Now, now you guys are super radical on stage. Are you like this on this tour? Because you're older now, and yeah, it's, it's different. It's yeah. different, and so and so like because again, it was never a, it was never a put on. Yeah, like we were that way because you had so much young energy, you had so much testosterone, like yeah. all sorts of things yeah. running through your body. It's so much kick out anger, the jams, motherfucker. Yeah, you're yeah. just fucking angry. You know, like yep. you're, you're you're fighting all the elements, and you have a lot, a lot of like nervous energy and a lot of adrenaline. I mean, I, I remember I. I think of it now and I'm like, how did I not break my neck? I used to like run up the speakers, you know, off the, the, the PA columns and be at the top and jump off and still be playing. And like, I couldn't do that now. And I still obviously still feel the music. I feel it in a different way now yeah. and, and, and have a different sort of thing that happens that takes over. But, um, but it's a very natural thing. And so I always figure I, 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 I go with that and I'm not trying to recreate anything that yeah. i might have been feeling in the past i just let you know my spirit uh, do what it wants to do because yeah you, and you also want to be able to play tomorrow <laughs> yeah know? exactly like, your body really does start to deteriorate like i ride a motorcycle for 32 years and now i think about like oh i rode to san fran and i get off i go oh god i'm ready to go to bed where before i just burn up to sf right then, then keep going oh i'm gonna ride up to the redwoods you know yeah. like it's nothing no, it's, it's the same thing. We used to be able to play two, three shows in one day, stay up all night smoking coke. Yeah. Like, you know, go, go to six in the morning, sleep in the van, do it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And totally. now it's like, now, you know, the, the, the me of then, if you could see this person now, it would be funny, you know, like, okay, I need the, the water. And, uh, yeah. No, not the filtered stuff. I need the, you know, real, <laughs> yeah. I need spring water. I yeah. need to get my sleep. Jesus, it's already one. I got to get back to the hotel. Like, you know. That's true. Said, Where's my protein? Where am I getting? I need more broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> how bad you will abuse your body in the younger days i just think like well yeah one time i stayed up seven days and and, and it's like i'll never forget that the yeah. lunacy of that and now i'm just like god i i only got eight hours last night i'm burnt yeah. you know like i and worship sleep totally no and as 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 death becomes more tangible and 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 has you know like a real a real element you know a real palpable element to, totally. to it we're you just know, talking about with that. the finable features like uh you know as they say in the in the network uh, uh then you know then you're like you start to stuff you you took for granted before you're like oh okay yeah. Yeah. right like yeah and then yeah. you start to realize like right part like you like part of the life cycle is that your body deteriorates and best case scenario best case scenario if you take care of your body throughout your whole life best case scenario your body's going to fall apart your organs will fail you and your heart will retire yeah that's the best case That's scenario best case. So, yeah yeah it just takes you quick so, so, you know, right so, of the creeper yeah so so you just then you start to like really appreciate the fact that that you know that you get to like you know walk around in this thing and that it gets to you know it's scary and, right? and, and to not be in pain also yeah. that's another thing is like when you when you do have these types of pains like an accident like you're saying like anything where you you're close to death you go like oh now I'm really grateful like when I'm not in you know when I don't oh, have yeah. that pain when I'm not recovering from the accident when I'm not the that's, same way that you feel better once you finally overcome a cold 
Something oh, as simple exactly. as that. You it's know? weird when it happens too. All of a sudden, you just feel better. You go, God, I, that feeling like shit, man. Imagine like really being terminally ill. Yeah, That's no, just, I, I think of these people who are bedridden, who still accomplish. You know, like George Orwell. Yeah. You know, or, or, or Flannery O'Connor. You know, and she, I mean, she she was she was in her twenties. You know, when she wrote uh, Wise Blood. You know, and yep. she and she's like. Has this crippling so so just I think of that I'm like man what how how resilient the the human mind and the human body can be yeah yeah you know but but I I am grateful that I can run from here to whatever to the beach if I feel like it you yeah know? absolutely but I, I want to talk to you about a time that uh, you and Cedric aren't talking I think you're living in Silver Lake. And were you living in Silver Lake? Uh, no, no, I was still in uh, I was still in Mexico, or no, or maybe I had I had moved back to uh, I had moved back to El Paso from Mexico. Right, moved yeah. back. Now there's a pretty dark time during then, right? Yeah. Like you're you're heavily on drugs, right? Are you are you doing drugs? You uh, disappear? What's going on? With no, you? oh, oh, like you know when we have our small falling out yeah. here, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, this is this is sort of like again to go back to it. It's like once m my mother passes away. Uh, you know everything that I that I think I've you know known about myself until now just sort of becomes this you know nebulous cloud you know and I'm trying to sort of ground myself on something but it took years really you yeah. know what I mean it took it took years and the thing between he and I was really just built up uh, miscommunication or someone blocking communication you know yeah. we, we we had this like a, a sociopath in the Mars Volta you know who played for a while you know uh, in the band and like just really got in the way of the communication the and and uh, no no our, our our bass player you know towards the end you know oh, for I a while there yeah and and just like would give false information to people you know and eventually you discover these things and eventually you talk to their people and they go oh yeah I didn't want to say anything about him but man what a bummer you know wow it's like so why are you nice to him because I'm scared of him motherfucker that's why right. I'm nice to him. you know like yeah. this was the consistent theme you know so. So it was like, okay, uh, um, and so, you know, we had a lot of miscommunication, you know, uh, 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 false, you know, uh, false uh, data happening, and then, you know, and then I have this huge trauma, and then our lives are separate now, you know, he, he's uh, starting a family, and so really, really, I feel, I feel blessed for it, you know, number one, like, uh, on a very superficial level, just because, like, it's really great to think that was the first argument we've had in, like, 21 years of like <laughs> yeah. of like not only like being best friends and like being together every single day in but then creating art together like yeah. as you know like that can cause conflict just totally. just on that principle yeah. alone of like I know I don't agree chords. I want to do my chords yeah or, whatever it yeah. is or like that should be red not not yeah. blue you know stupid whatever it little is things. stupid little things so like the fact that we are always so in sync and so like had this psychic connection it made me really same thing like you're talking about about the cold like it made me really appreciate that yeah. aspect of it you know and it was hard just because again so I, lo I lose my mother and then I and then for that period I lose like my best friend that I have this like otherworldly language with yeah you know and Your even fucking though, right hand man my right hand man my brother you know my, yep. my blood and like and and and, I, and even though I know at the time like this ain't gonna last forever like it's gonna like it's, it's gonna work itself out uh, it's still difficult you know it's still difficult Absolutely. and so like you know I was acting crazy he was acting crazy you know we were going through changes and, and it was just one of these things that unfortunately happened in you know, the in, the, in, in the press and the public, and then people want to—they want going back to the beginning of our conversation. They want to blow it out of proportion. Totally. You know, and so then I'm doing interviews, and they're like, "Well, you know, like he might have said this or whatever." And my answer con consistently was like, "Dude, there's nothing that guy can say that will make me not love him." Yeah. And like, and I don't even know you. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah right. So take your word yeah, for it. Like, I don't know. I didn't hear it. Yeah. I didn't hear him say it. Like, yeah. I don't. Like, what is this? You totally. know. And 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 so um, 
and so I, I always knew, and I think we both always knew, you know, it, it would get sorted out. And it was, it was nine months that we didn't, you know, that we didn't right. speak. And in the course of like a, you know, a partnership that's happened for, you know, over two decades, like that's pretty incredible, yeah. you know, and it made us stronger than ever. And it was good because it made us like appreciate a lot of things about each other and understand a lot of things about each other and understand a, 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 a very important change that we had both uh, undergone, you know, becoming adults because yeah. really we just like, you know, like. We're, we're 12 and 14, yeah. we're playing music together, and then da, 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 and we're just doing that yeah. through our teens. And then we're riding. 20, and the band takes off, and then we're doing Mars Volta, and that's taken off, you know, and so they, there wasn't really, it was just all happening, yeah. you know, and this was the moment where it was like, okay, this is the first time, like, we didn't even live in separate houses until, like, in our 30s or something, that's you crazy, know? crazy, right? So, yeah, so You're it's like- like twins. You know, no, exactly. Like we, real twins. Oh, totally. What? No, that we used to freak people out, man. Like we used to go to meetings and like we'd eat the same way, we'd order the same thing without knowing, we'd eat the same way, we'd finish at the same time, and then we'd push our plates forward in the exact same way. <laughs> and then later, you know, like this producer we were meeting with, it was like, I gotta say, I thought it was really like, did you guys plan that? And we're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then he explained what I just explained to you. He was like, wait, this is what you did. And we we're like, oh, we didn't even notice. <laughs> like, so you know? crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. What's really great is that you guys went away. And then realized sometimes people go away and it takes years and years and years that they, they don't want to admit that's my uh, my uh, spiritual partner. In, yeah. In or they or they just don't even want to admit like what they did wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Like I was really bad at communication. Then yeah. you know. And, Were you the one that was sitting around and you go, "I'm going to call him," uh, or does he call you? I, I think he called me one day and and you know and and we started talking you know and 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 you know and our core friends. We're all still talking, you know, so we're always, yeah. you know, in each other's uh, You're bouncing gravitational shit to pull. Guy, yeah, when it gets yeah, to that motherfucker, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever it yeah. is, you know, and everyone, everyone is saying like, of course they're gonna, you know, like start to like, this is so stupid. Do we really have to sit through this right yeah. now? Like, can you guys just kiss and make up and get it over with? <laughs> yeah. And in the meanwhile, the press are trying to blow it into something bigger than totally. than what it is, you know, and like, and again, and again, as annoying as that might be, then there's a certain part of you that feels blessed for it because you're like, wow, like. This is like you say one thing and it's news. That's crazy. Yeah, like, right. Like it used to. It used yeah. to be like you had to have something important to say especially, for it to be news. You know? like, we're probably looking at like a ten-year period. Like, well, the big record was like seven, eight years ago. And people are like, oh, oh, I got something. Look what they said. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's wild. You yeah. Know? People are just like so sitting around for that. Yeah. So so it's incredible. Or even this, like we're like, hey, we're gonna play some shows again, and the tour sold out. Yeah. Like we're just constantly reminded of how lucky we are because other thing to understand is all my all my friends all my childhood friends like excluding the friends that i've made as as we've had a career like my actual like homies from el paso you know they all work day jobs yeah so that keeps it really impressive and i live in el paso you know yeah. and i hang out with them you know so so like it keeps it in perspective for me because like they'll hear me complaining about something and like they'll be like, "Are you shitting me right now? You're complete. Like, I do, I'll trade you. You want to work at Sprouts? Yeah. Like, motherfucker, yeah. you gotta work at like. I'll trade you right now oh. for all this shit you're calling yeah. problems. Just slaps in the face. Completely. Hey, dude, look at me. Completely. I just got work. See these blisters? No, completely. Yeah. It's a, and so and we've made it this far. Like of our core group of friends, we were about you know seven or eight core group that we hung out all the time. They've all passed. They've all died from cancer, yep. suicide, yep. murder, accident. Uh, and now left is, you know, me, Cedric, uh, Rafael, who, who's in prison right now, uh, and, and uh, you know, Mitchell Edward Click, you know, who's there in El Paso, you know, working as a cook. Yeah. And so it's like, 
you really like you know when when you're that connected to your roots and you haven't forgotten like yeah. where you actually come from and 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 how you built your culture as a person you know uh you know you really tend to look at things differently and be able to take things in stride and not take it so so damn serious totally totally know? and i think that's what's gonna keep you guys probably together forever you know because now you've gone through the the bullshit it's like a lot of people look at that Metallica movie and they laugh at it. Oh, I can't believe they fucking made that. Oh, they got to get a, a psychiatrist, those pussies. But men don't communicate. Right. And then men best friends for years don't communicate, you know? You just kind of push shit yeah, down. Yeah, and then you throw drugs in the mix or even just something as simple as <laughs> yeah. drinking and something yeah. as simple as, like, influence of other people. Yep. And it's it's really easy from the outside to, to criticize. Our friends in Metallica are a great example. It's really for easy from the outside to criticize, like, totally. oh, no, Cliff Burton's gone, like, whatever. Yeah. And then they made this record or that movie, and it's like, man, to you it's just a movie you're watching that it's easy to shit on from, you know, from totally. your couch, you fucking lazy fuck. Totally. You know, but, yeah. but for these guys like it's something they're going through it's their life yeah. and you don't know you don't know the, the the sacrifices they they made to like to play their music you don't know the things they went through with each other you don't know the guilt they care you know you know uh, uh um uh kirk hammett you know yeah. tells me the story about like the night that that that, that cliff died about saying how it was a it, it was a uh, they drew it was for a the car card they, yeah they drew a card to see who would you know and and it just happened you know and he really wanted that bunk they all wanted that bunk and and cliff got it yep you know and like he lives with that guilt you that's know because they were right? fighting over that but like that's that's real that someone is. saying like oh i don't like them after cliff's out of that that's not real that's not real that's at all. that that's that's whatever that's also like, they're gonna fuck make you music. are you saying you don't like injustice for all you can fuck off, <laughs> right man, or, or or even better or even better yeah yeah because you could write injustice for all right <laughs> yeah, right right, right? yeah because you could overcome like a death of one of your closest your allies your above and yeah. the shock of that yeah. and the things that happen psychologically to a human Shh. being and the things that happen physically to a human being's body the sound and, of the crash the fucking everything it, everything up, you know like like a lot of people would just like that would be it for them you yeah. know their body would fall apart their their, their 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 quality of life would fall apart and these guys flourished and prospered after of that and and rope this right like yeah so you could overcome all that keep yeah. it together keep a core group of people together and then write that record to on top of it and have it be one of your biggest selling records <laughs> yeah. and then go do stadiums like you could do that yeah <laughs> yeah right it's like like because yeah. if you can't like i'm not interested in like hearing your opinion yeah. and that's the thing is like especially now because it's so popular just like does anyone like the the, the lowest mars degenerate person that that has no yeah. you know no soul like yeah oh well, fuck them i love when people say fuck a band when somebody leaves or or fuck this and, and they just have no idea man uh i always say are you saying you'd rather not have them Right, is that, exactly. Is that what you're really saying? Like, or again, I go back to like, are you saying you could do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. again, it's so easy from the outside to say... It is. To, say, it, to it, say fuck that or fuck this or like, I just didn't like uh, the way they did this in the film. It's like, oh, it's so like, you, could, ha you could handle a 50... Yeah, who gives yeah. a fuck what you're thinking? Like, yeah. he was the guy in charge of a $50 million dollar film. Like, this guy's 50 years old and now he's like, oh, my band may be gone now. This is all I know since I was 14, 15, 16 years old. Right. Oh, what am I going to do? Just fucking become a producer or, or a songwriter? Or, or or just retire at the house right yeah and I, i'm gonna go through this and we got you can watch this and hopefully you'll learn something from that, it that's the thing that i think escapes most people the people who criticize something like that is like man they're like they're showing they're giving you a blueprint for like hey 
This is yeah. what we went through. Don't do this, yeah. you know, or do this. Or sometimes you need a mediator. Totally. Or, or like, hey, just talk to each other. Maybe you don't have to spend the money on a fucking mediator. Like, talk yeah. to each other. Like, we can learn from it. But it goes back to this thing where, like, people have all of history. Like, what good is it? I, I get in this argument with my friend who loves the thing and is always on his phone. And he's like, are you kidding? You know, with, with this phone, I have all the sum of human knowledge right here. And I said, yeah, but what good is it if you're not learning from it? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, so right. you have all the sum of yeah. human knowledge. You might yeah. as well use it as a toilet. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, what? Or, or make waffles why, with why it or staring at this amazing shit and amazing right shit happening yeah exactly so it's like what good is it is if, yeah. if you're if you're not learning you know and it's and it's tough and it's tough for, for artists like I, I don't ever read shit and I'm not on that you know I, I go on there when I want to see the specs to like some camera that I'm digging you know right. or I might want to be buying or something or like a restaurant but it's unfortunate for artists who like take take that shit seriously and I understand like the need for a connection with your fans that, that's really nice but also they gotta remember like your fans, most of the people, they're just coming and living in the moment and they see the show and they love it and then they got to go back to their lives, you know, and like, and that's what it is. Like, they got to remember that that this small percentage of people like spreading hate, you know, and yeah. spreading negativity, like, there's so many uh, uh, ignorant and, and unintelligent people in the world and I don't say that, again, to offend anybody, that's just a fact. That's it just really a fact is. that we're at the, that the lowest IQ this country's ever been, you know, yep. and, and, that, and that, uh, uh, that we're overpopulated, undereducated, you know. And so, and so it would be like, imagine just like in your home, just being able to hear whatever, you know, just the random thoughts of like the person that's like ordering in front of you that you're just like, oh my God, this guy, I would never <laughs> hang out with this guy. Yeah, yeah. What, what is this guy, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden inviting like 10 or 15 of those people. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10, yeah. 10, or, 10 or 15 of those people into your, into your home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's to me what it is like to be reading that's this shit or whatever. Is. Yeah, oh. <laughs> right. To be reading this shit or whatever is just like, man, like, I wish that don't when, think about that shit. Like, don't I, I wish there was a button where the bloggers there and, and it says, yeah, fucking guy, man, he fucking blah, blah. I wish you could just press a button and it would come up and you go, hey, I'm right here. I'm right, And yeah. you could see into their shit box and yeah. their terrible job and their, their misery right there and you go, wow, I can see why you're spewing all this hate. And that's, that's the other side of it. The other side, one side is what I'm saying. The other side is like, I really feel bad for like the, the, these, uh, you know, the, these type of people because like you said, this, they have nothing yeah. and they can't create and they can't flirt and they can't do nothing for themselves so those who can't create they destroy and so like that's literally the only outlet yeah. is to, like pick something find it and rip it apart and so in that sense like i'm happy that i could do my part to give somebody something yeah. that you know what yeah. i mean to like yeah. to shit on yeah. and like give them something to spend their time <laughs> that, on that's like, their that's, creativity yeah seriously yeah. because like people go crazy if they don't have an outlet and so yeah. even if like your outlet is the most degenerate form which is, is just, which is just to like be negative and shit on somebody else who's trying to do something positive like at least you've created an infrastructure for someone else. So, so you please the fans that love your stuff and the people who have this shit box who have nothing else going on, like they have something to shit on. So yeah. everybody wins. It's good. Yeah. So the only yeah. thing is like, just don't read that shit so that you don't get bummed out. Yeah, yeah. Like let them, let them like be like, yeah, I hate this thing. You know, cool, yeah. man. There yeah. you go. Like That's your, your, your life is going to be that forever. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yeah. like you yeah. can keep that. <laughs> I, I know that. And I, I think I talked to you about this before, but you know, uh, negativity i really believe a lot of ross's uh theories he's some people think he's a little wacky and shit but when you bottle down negativity you hold it in you and stuff uh some people believe, believe it turns into cancer without a doubt uh, yeah without a doubt without a doubt without a doubt and uh i i try not to be negative at all and look at uh positive stuff it's hard but it's uh it feels good 
Yeah, you know, a lot of and people- that's just that's just. I mean, they're able to prove that now with science. They're able to prove like yeah. this this the, this doctor in Japan, you know, able to prove like saying negative things and positive things to organic life, like yeah. plants and things, and how it that's changes true. the patterns and you that. know and their structure. Like that's just that's just the way it is. Like we're now seeing that a lot of these things that seem so esoteric and ethereal or whatever is yeah. like actually you know it's just it's just the laws of the universe. It's just the way. Yeah. Things there's going to be someone know? blogging on this one. I can't believe that guy asked the dumbest question. If I had him, <laughs> you know what I would have asked him? He's fucking... Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, hey, man, you know what I mean? This yeah. is just an organic conversation. And it's okay. They can think our brains yeah. are a totally. piece of shit because Whatever. they're talking about our brains, so yeah, it's yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you miss Mars Volta? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I really... I, I mean, you know... I don't miss it in the in the in the sense that I and I go that I go oh what a shame no not at all but but when you when you look back I'm always just looking forward right even if right now if we're if we're returning to something that is from the past and we're making it new like without the driver like we're looking forward saying like okay what is it now what does it look like what does it feel like what do we want it to be how do we put our will like anything any kind of creation like you're you're imposing your will on the on the real world you know. Yeah. And and uh, and you're acting as an antenna, of course. But uh, but you look back at the other stuff and you go like, man, that was that was really fun. Like, do I miss playing for four hours a right. night? No, <laughs> like you know, like no, like I get yeah. tired a lot quicker. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, and Zeppelin like, seventy seven, man. Just, <laughs> you know, those bootlegs are four discs, right? You know, but they would have like a fifteen minute fucking John Paul Jones solo and a right. fifteen minute drum solo and stuff. But man, I I hear you. Four hours. The way it, it really uh, it really spins on you, like Springsteen's sixty six right now. He's out there right. playing three and a half hours. Right, you know, that's so fucking hard. Like you guys' music is so loud, volume really tears you. That's another thing. Yeah, volume. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, you use the in ear thing. Yeah. You know, it just makes it easier on everybody, the technicians, the communication, everything. But that's like. That's something you can't like. That's just like sound just going straight into your right ear in canal, your sk- just right there. And Ugh. you can control the volume, sure. But it's like the longer the, the show goes on, the more your ears get fatigued. So then you start turning it up. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> and then it's just like, and again, all great things to complain about, like all, yeah. all wonderful first world things. That, <laughs> but, but, um, but, you know, you, you miss it in the sense of like that, that, that when you do sort of like, when someone, let's say, like when my brother will be playing it, or, or like when I'm organizing my records and I see the, I go, oh shit, I remember this. Yeah. And you look at it, and if you put it on for a second, you go like, it just takes you in the same way that you could be walking and you smell a perfume or a smell, and it takes you right back. Yep. Like these sounds take you right back to where you were, what you were doing, what your life was like at the time, and then all of a sudden, like these images pop back in your head. You know, some friend you had, you're like, oh, what a loser that guy was. Why did I? <laughs> Why was I believing him for so long? You know what I mean? Like, or what a great friend this guy was. Yeah. Like, whatever happened to him, you know, or, or whatever. And, and, and um, which I know sounds crazy because nowadays you could get a hold of anyone <laughs> like quickly, but, yep. but, uh, but, but, you know, so there, there is, you know, there was a strange thing like, uh, uh, um, I was, my own friends, uh, you know, were, were really giving me shit, you know, back in 2012 when I was going through this shit or whatever and saying that, that at the drive-in, like, nostalgia. I yeah. said, like, yeah, it's the, I talked to an interviewer, nostalgia, and the interviewer kept pushing me and kept saying, like, so why are you reuniting? And I was explaining, like, well, we all hung out. I brought these guys to, to, to you know, to my house in Mexico, and we all, like, you know, hugged it out, you know, and talked about our issues and everything. And I could tell he just kept going, yeah, but you're going to play these shows. Like, he was saying, like, there must be money involved. And so, like, I'm a real person. Yeah. And I, like, I'm not going to pretend that. And I, and I was like, yeah, of course. Also, the money. Yes, yeah. without a doubt. Of yeah. course, the headline was, like, we're doing it for the money and nostalgia. And, and like, 
And again, this goes to being back to like being uneducated. Nostalgia literally means homecoming. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been, so for me, it was a great thing that I was saying. I was saying like, man, I get to go back to my family. Yeah. Like Mars Volta wouldn't have been possible without like the work we did and at the drive-in, yeah, yeah. you know, and so on and so forth. And like, we're from all from El Paso. Like to me, it's a great homecoming, you know, and so like we get to be back with each other, but you know, like you, they grab that and like nostalgia, they give it a, this, this well, you know, other meaning. I think there's a crazy thing too about money in art it's like you go so long without money that then when you want to make money if somebody looks at you in a weird way for that fuck that because i look right. at someone to go i'll tell you what how about i say what do you do and the guy goes uh, i'm a union framer i build houses like all right how about if i say for 15 years you work for free right how about if i just say that <laughs> right what would you say? You would say, fuck off. Right. But that's what bands do. Right. And then when they finally do make money. People shit on them. People <laughs> shit on them. And it's like, really, man? Am I supposed to or just. Or if you're, just if you're honest. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like with interviews and, and especially like interviews that you do at festival or on TVs, like people just want you to put on this act. And I get it. Like, yeah. I get it. Like it's entertainment. Like the so, part, that's, that's part of it. Here's but not all of color us. guys from El Paso with no money still. And you're like, <laughs> right. well, well, you know, that's an interesting thing because I heard Ron White on a, a Marin podcast, Ron White, uh, yeah. and you love comedy. You know, they're doing that blue comedy, uh, color comedy tour for like the first year and they're doing arenas and it's killing. And then right. Ron takes a picture, I think, with like maybe a private jet and some gold rings and shit. And uh, the manager's like, hey, man, you, you, you can't show that stuff. It's the blue collar comedy tour. And he looked at but him. But that would be a lie. Yeah. And he I was looked like, at I'm him no longer. Those are my roots. Yeah. Word. Those are my roots. And that's what I. But, but like now I fly, you know, for this person, like yeah. I fly in a jet. Like, yeah. am I going to lie to these people? Yeah. And pretend that I don't, you well, know? What and he it's said like, was, and, and what would that say about stupid. me? They're right? not stupid. They didn't get in free. Do they think we don't get any of the money? The tickets were 80 bucks. You know? Right. Like, oh, these guys, they're just robots and come out and do this and they don't get any money. It's not going to play that fucking. Right. It, it, to me, I like the story of from the ground, nothing. To well, the that's, end, a, that's the other thing. It's very different, again, like, like when, you're, when you're a suburban kid and you're white and you've been raised in white America and you've had all the opportunities in the world, it's very easy to go like, ah, fucking sell out. It's another thing when you come from a third world yeah. and like, you know, you lived in one room with your parents and you watch your, your, your father go from nothing to like have his first job to then like be working for someone else and then be yeah. taking over that business learning and then to buy the building, language. learning another <laughs> yeah. language and yeah. like, oh, like I have lived twice the American dream. You know, and yep. it's like for someone else, the American dream sounds like this old archaic thing. For me, it's a reality. I watched my parents, and, and by way of that, me, uh, our family, live the American dream. I, I, I watched how he was able to prosper in, in this system where, where, that we didn't have where yeah. we came from. And he, they did great for themselves, and they took care of us, and they put it back into us and into our education. And then at 17, I leave home, I go hitchhiking, you know, I, we, we get a van and we go touring across, and I live the American dream again. Yeah. I take nothing and I make something out of it. Totally. Like just uh, me and my friends, we do something together, and there's opportunity there, and we seize it because we work hard, because we believe in it, and because we're completely obsessed with what we're doing. With all the odds against you. With all the odds uh, against us. Especially being left. Left-handed. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I have. I know you got to get going, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna get you out of here. I just want to talk two things. I have a dream tour. I always think of, and it's like 
drive-in, de facto, Mars Volta, anti-mask. Holy shit. A, a, a tour. It's just you guys in evening with, in theaters, and you just go the gamut of the of the careers. That's a lot of hours. Uh, well, you don't, have to, <laughs> you, you don't have to do all the hours, but, <laughs> but like a couple hours of like this fucking amazing art. It's like when you go see a collection of Picassos. They're all different. Here, here, here's a here's a great point that you're that you're you're touching on now, which is like where we're talking about people seeing everything like microscopically and at one moment. There's nothing better, I think, for 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 a person, let's say, that's not uh, creating art, that's really loving art and loving music, theater, you know. Um, comedy whatever than to go to a retrospective right then to go to the moment go to a retrospective and you get to look at some artists from the past you get to look at it all and see it with a real parameter with a real panoramic view and go like oh of course yeah of course these photos are directly related to these at the end of their life as they are these like they're saying the same thing they're just saying it in different ways all throughout here it's the most amazing feeling and something that you didn't understand at a certain point in a certain artist's career makes sense all of a sudden in the context of the conceptual continuity of what they were trying to express as a yeah. as, as a person you know yeah. and there's and and that's generally how artists are are are, uh, are um, living you know with their work like yes they, they're living in the moment too like you focus on your record but that record's being informed by what came before it and it's being informed by whether people understand this or not, it's being informed by the future as well. Because as you're making the record, you are getting bored of it. As you're making Absolutely. it, you know, you're it's like, I gotta like play this again. Comedy. Again, right. Yeah. And so like, so, so it's, you're, you're, like all these new ideas are going off in your head, but that you can't put into the, new, into the, the current record because they, they, they're not part of it. Yeah. You know, like maybe some things like, oh, this, this riff or this lick or this effect or something, but not the actual thing that you're going through. You it's know? like comedy. You're writing this hour to shoot and by the time you've got it sealed and ready to go you you don't even want to do that hour at right. the shoot because you've been working under uh, on other stuff too and right. you're like wow this is old but this is what you've created for this year's special i i i feel you know i i feel really you know i feel for you guys because it's like in the way that you know all the digital stuff has changed everything that we all do it's like you know it used to be that that comedians could work on their material go into the clubs like do their thing really feel it out and now everyone's just filming you all the time yeah and so anything you're working on you well, know they, they can't just, film they get thrown out thank god but oh, that, they really that was going on oh, for okay. a while but I think one of the uh, hard things about comedy now, which is, uh, you know, a kind of like rock in the 70s, guys, the big guys are all doing a new hour every year to write a new hour. Some people back in the day, it would take 10 years to write an hour. They right. would slowly tool it. They didn't put it out. They didn't burn it up. It wasn't on YouTube or whatever. Right. They would slowly tool it. And after 10 years, they go, fuck it, I'm going to film this one. And they would film it, and still not everyone would see it, and they could still do it out in America. Now you do the hour, everyone sees it, and then you got to write you a new move hour, on. which in a way is also cool because you're I, just I like you're, you're pushed to like you're pushed. keep going. But but there is there, there there's so yeah, you know there's like anything there's so many there's so so much good and bad to it. You know I was reading this thing that that, that, that I think it was Chris Rock wrote about how it used to be that that, that colleges where the comedians would go to really like right. you know open minds and talk about these issues. And Seinfeld. now, and now, and now, the left is so left that they're actually right. That the left is actually conservative. And they're like, "Oh, we love having you here, but please don't use this words. Yeah. Don't use this joke." And it's like the thought of never having a Lenny Bruce or a Richard Pryor again. Disgusting, right? Like it just like it terrifies me, you know. And it's all for like 
really misguided people, unfortunately, mis- who think they're doing a good thing, but have really been brainwashed by the right, yeah. you know, into like just policing themselves. And so like when George Orwell writes about the, the thought police, he had no idea that, yeah. that it would actually be like the, the artists and the leftists, you know, doing it to themselves by it's way crazy, of brainwashing right? from the right. Yeah, How, how super uh, like college kids used to just be, you know, like Animal House. And now they're the most PC people in the world. Right. You know, and you just kind of. But not go, even in a constructive way. Just yeah. like just like we've been told that these, these you know, rules. And now we're making up these, you know, now we're making up these boundaries of what you should call each other, yeah. you know, and what different cultures should, when really we should be celebrating and laughing about our differences because that's what makes everything so wonderful. It's the, just great. The, the Rijksmuseum in Holland, in Amsterdam, I, I guess it's like because they have the, you know, they talk about white guilt. Like they started the slave trade, so they're probably like. <laughs> but yeah. but they, they've, they've renamed over 300 paintings in order to be more culturally sensitive. Oh. You know, and and so it's like, man, we're we're not like you're rewriting history. Yeah, like that's no different than than the fascist. Like yeah. we're not asking you to rewrite. We just want to. Pre- you're supposed to preserve history. Yeah, and so like if somebody used the word Negro in their painting, that's what happened at that time, and a child should be able to read about it and go like, oh yeah, this is what was happening in that time. Like well, the, if our you time push is it different down now. and suppress it, it then, then it's going to be used in evil again. Uh, exactly. You know? Right. And th- and that's no good. Like like so, who gets to burn the books? Yeah. <laughs> so like now the left, you know, the left yeah. is at the colleges. They want to burn the books, and that, the people at the Rikes Museum, they want to be culturally records. sensitive. So they're burning like whatever the the, the the artist at the time because he or she was using the words that were, that were happening at the time, which is our history. Like you're not yeah. supposed to rewrite it. You're supposed to know what it was so we can learn from it and we can grow and we can move forward. And besides, you should be like fighting the people that, that, that truly are like the problem in this world, not oh, like yeah. the, the people trying to help moving things forward and you happen to not agree with, with a particular word they use. It's yeah, like, you're worried about yourself. what I'm going to say with what's going on in the world right now. Go fight that. Yeah, don't exactly. Fight, don't fight this joke. Right, but it's, re- <laughs> but it's real easy, again, from the comfort of your couch yeah. to go like, oh, he's, he's a racist or he's a sexist, you know, yeah. or like... Well, they love to like jump lazy, on that. Lazy, lazy this, lazy feminist, lazy yeah. activism. It's like, okay, if you really care, like, you go to Afghanistan and preach feminism. Yeah. Like, word like they need it over that go yeah go go or then again you want to be culturally sensitive is it right of you to go to another culture and tell them how to live you know like uh, how does that separate you from from uh christopher colon or 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 like or anybody else who's moved into a culture going oh this is how you're going to do it now yeah yeah you know early dictators you know yeah again who gets to burn the books you know (laughs) who gets to like because that's the argument for the death penalty right it's like it's a slippery slope and who gets to decide and so like so is it a is it a is it a is it a child molester or is it a guy who stole it like who gets to decide that who gets to burn the books yeah it's like yep. you yeah. know <laughs> it's wild. who gets to do it you know right you think some new music from at the drive-in oh yeah 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 i mean you know we're always creating you know all, all of us individually and collectively i i think that's that's that has to be where it's going, you know. I yeah. think you know we've been taking everything step by step, and we we've always sent each other music, etc. And obviously, because of Antimask and Volta and everything, we've been creating nonstop. You know, uh, we're always sending each other stuff, and now with these guys, they're you know we're sending each other stuff, and you know there's a lot of uh, people may you know have to understand there's a lot of downtime on the tours, you know, like sound check, you know, totally. we to see each other at sound check. A lot of downtime and like, Boredom. you start playing stuff, you start riffing stuff, you're in the corner playing something and somebody goes, hey, what's that? Yeah. You know, or somebody says, says a phrase and they go like, what'd you say? Yeah. That's great, what is that? Let me write that down, you know, and it's, so that stuff is always happening and it's all a matter of, of like finding the time because we all live in different cities. Well, Cedric yeah. and I live in El Paso, 
Tony, you know, uh, lives here in LA and Paul in Portland. Like, it's all about finding the time to like put all those ideas together and and, and like make them into something cohesive. That'd you know? be great. A new record. I mean, that'd be fucking fire. Yeah. Before I let you go, is there any vinyl out right now from uh, like the Mars Volta and at the drive-in? that is legit because last time i had cedric on there was that company in like europe uh oh they were bootlegging our yeah music on vinyl yeah what it was that someone uh, someone from universal licensed to them the the vinyl rights when they don't have it i have the vinyl rights right that was part of the is there any vinyl out that's legit uh not yet there's gonna be everything's gone out of print uh they have the drive-in stuff is is legit Uh, oh it is in in terms of yeah yeah that's uh fearless puts out you know our our old records and then we put out uh the last record relationship of command oh you guys put it out is it on the website uh I, I don't know. How do you know it's yours, the one to buy? Uh, ours would be because it's under 21st chapter for okay. at the drive-in. That's 21st chapter, and that might change, but for now, that's what it's under. Uh, and and uh, the, 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 the Volta vinyl, it's always because it'll be under my company. Anything else is, is a bootleg. And again, you know, happy troubles, you know, great problems to have. That like <laughs> People want your, your vinyl so much that yeah. somebody else is doing something shady to get it out well, there. Well, vinyl's fantastic you know? right now. It's hotter than ever. I know. It's, it's interesting for those of us who never stopped making vinyl to yeah. hear like the vinyl comeback and, and to have to wait in line now. Like before it was like you could get a, a record made in uh, a vinyl press in four weeks, you know, like three weeks, four weeks if you knew somebody in there. Now they're like okay you know well you got to wait four months wow because like everybody's making vinyl everybody's reissuing everything but again happy troubles like I, i'm glad yep. that that like that's that's a narrative now in popular culture and people are, are listening to vinyl and, and 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 hopefully truly hearing the difference you know whether something's better or not on vinyl yeah. is like that's subjective you know to and me so, it's so not like, better i think it just takes the add out of listening you get up you select the one you want you, you listen it to on, it. You drop the Which hammer. in turn makes it better, you know. Well, on, under that under that ethos, yeah, it makes it's, it better. It's an event to me. And and, and to me it, it removes certain frequencies that are that are prominent now, you know, with all the digital stuff of and, and makes it a lot more like I don't know. It makes it oh, just like it's, it's just it's round. Like, yeah, it's just like to it's me, a it's nice round, round feeling. Yeah. It's like your your buddy, and you put it on there, and you can hear the scratches in the back, you know, or whatever it is, and like and like you said, you got to get up and turn it over. That was a really cool thing, you know, about when we, we, we were coming up and listening to, to wow. records is like that turning the record over was like an intermission to like talk about what you thought about the first totally. side. Like you're like, well, you know, like you put on, remember when we would put on the new Fugazi record and get to the end of side A and we'd be like, what the fuck was that? And that one, ri- how did they do it? What was that sound? And blah, blah, blah. And then you get done with that and you're like, okay. Side B. Yeah. You know? Maybe you take a quick piss. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You go, hold on, I yeah, take smoke a quick a joint piss. or whatever. Yeah, like, you yeah. go, okay, put the side B on, you know? Put the side just... B on. And, and again, that that you gave it importance that you would. I, I hear so many people talk about that, that they yeah. miss, like, waiting in line for a record, like, getting excited about it, going going and seeing it. Like, I'm, I mean, I used, to, I used to literally shake when I would see a record I'd been looking for. Oh. I'd shake as if, like, I felt somebody was going to come up behind me and grab it before I could grab it. I'd just yeah. shake it. I'd, like, the same way you do when you, you're first going to kiss a girl or something, you know? Yeah. I'd be shaking, grabbing it, and taking it to the... And, I, and, and it wasn't real until I got to be home and put the, the oh. needle on the vinyl, you and know? And just looking at the cover. 
looking at know? the cover, reading the liner notes. I remember the first you, you mentioned metal from Pink Floyd. That yeah. like, it was the first time I ever saw a picture of them. Yeah, you know, oh, like, God, when you open it up, when you and open going, it up, wait, they're four piece. You know, what exactly. I mean? like, wait a minute. You yeah, know? yeah, it was just like absolutely incredible. And I'm yeah. like, oh, these guys look weird. What what is this? Like, what are is, you a big Pink Floyd guy? Oh my God, that that's what helped me make the transition. Where we talked about earlier, like I, I went salsa to punk rock, and then I was like stuck there for a second. You know, yeah. like like 12, 13, 14. That's all I wanted to hear was punk rock. And then our friend Julio that, uh, uh, that, that we wrote the first uh, Mars Volta record about, um, he, he, you know, I was, I, was in his, I was in his apartment. He had no furniture, and there's just bones that he collected from the desert, and we have a candle in there, and, and I'm talking shit about whatever, you know, Pink Floyd, I guess. And, and he puts on uh, um, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, the oh, first yeah. one, yeah, you know, yeah. with Sid Barrett, and he oh, puts yeah. that on. And that, again, how I say, like, that punk gave me the feeling that Salsa did. So that Pink Floyd record gave me the feeling that punk did. I'm like, this is the crazy, like, this is punk rock. This is purely from the heart, from the gut. Like, what is this? And it just just blew my mind and, and changed my life. And so then I started listening to Pink Floyd, and that was the big gateway to all... Yeah. The other, you know, English speaking singing music it's so out there. Good, right? Yeah. I mean it's really it, it really is. It's like and they cover so much territory, you know, on that on that one record and 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 obviously influence, you know, even you know, the Beatles and everyone everyone around them, these these yeah. you know, these young art students that yeah, that just like, and they weren't even musicians. They were just art students. They were architecture students. And they were like, hey, you play drums. I don't want to play drums. You play drums. You know, like, are you going to play bass? You know, like whatever. Yeah. And Sid Barrett's in, over in England listening to Dick Dale, you know, and going yeah. like, oh, I want to play like, what is this sound? You know, Surf music. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just whack it and then put it all together. And you're like, what the fuck? And then, and then this whole other thing comes out and then... You know, and then there, there's a great example of a band that overcomes. Like they lose their founding member, who, yeah. who 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 named the group, who wrote all the songs. They struggle for a while to find. And I still love those records in between. And then metal is exactly correct. Is like where they find their their sound. It's insane. You know, they find and you just see it all happen. You see them trying to sound like them their old selves. You know, with yeah. with the. Uh, the, the other records that is escaping my mind right now, but 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 uh, you see the, the you know obscured by clouds, you know, and, and all these other records in between, and they're like searching, searching, and then they get to metal, and that's the Floyd we know, you know, from then on out, you know, like yeah. Dark Side of the Moon, everything out, and they they find their dynamic, you know, and they're not trying to do what they nope. were doing, and they're looking forward, and like, and it's so. It's so interesting, and, and like people will judge left and right, but again, nobody can live that life except for them. Fucking guys looked know? great too. Were you an acid guy? Oh yeah, I took way too much acid. Really? Yeah. Out in El Paso, was there acid flow? There, there, there was acid, and then when I went, when, when I, you know, I dropped out of high school, I went hitchhiking across the country, and and uh, I met all sorts of you know wonderful people, all sorts of sick people, all sorts of all sorts of people. I really got exposed to, you know, to to what the country was about, and and um, and then I met these guys that would like be when I got to San Francisco that were like you know selling a sheet of acid for for whatever I could trade them for my food stamps or yeah. whatever you know, and then it was just like. I was just I was just out. <laughs> I yeah. was out somewhere else for a while, you know. But Any bad trips? Oh, lots. I mean, uh, not, not at first. At first, it was so one. That's why I kept. That's why I stayed out there. Yeah. You know? And then and then eventually it was like uh, I think like Ken Kesey uh, it says uh, in one of his books that uh, uh, like you're supposed to graduate, you know, and if not, like just it, step it, out of it. It kicks you out. It, it kicks yeah. you out and makes it terrifying. And that's what happened to me. It's like, hey, you can't keep coming back here. Like. 
If you didn't learn what you're supposed to learn, like you're gonna yeah, make it you're some supposed bearable. to open the doors a few times, yeah. look outside, get it, and then go. Okay, good. I, I got, got it. Some, yeah. yeah, and I just kept going back. You know, I kept like living there and just like I mean, I used to like used to take like six, eight hits of acid at a time. But I used to put it in my eyeballs, you Whoa. know, under Hendrix my eyelids. Style. Like yeah, you know, it was just it was wonderful. Wow, it was wonderful. And six I just, hits. And What's I, that like? But, but for me, it was just it, it, it was it was like going to another planet. But but the one of the reasons I loved this so much, it, it wasn't as escapism you know, some yeah. people do that stuff for escapism for me it, it, w- it was like validating the, this 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 effort for at the time this this lifelong you know i was 17 but this lifelong theory i had had it from where i had come from that 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 there's an invisible world happening parallel to the world that we're in now i believe that. you know and and so like when i did this i was like here's the proof yeah you know for better or for worse if someone wants to say hey it's just the chemicals in your head whatever it is right or whatever what you know we've benefited from our, all cultures have benefited from psychedelics like but when i was was able to tap into it i was like here it is yeah like, another you know, dimension I, another dimension like twilight I, zone i, I want to be here yep. like, what is this it, 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 you know and so now like i'd say uh, so a lot of that was what i talked about before when i would see a cat or see something that might seem insignificant or stupid or hippie like or whatever and i would follow it and always in my life it's led to greatness yeah I, every time that i that, that i go like oh What's that piece of trash blowing there supposed to tell me? You know, I'm somebody the, else sees I'm a crazy person, yeah. you know, and for me, it's like that led me to this thing that then I meet this other person and this whole other door opens and this great things happen happens in my life that I would have never been able to come across any other way, you know, yeah, yeah. and, and I, I got myself there too. by listening. You it's know? like blowing in the wind, you know what yeah. I mean? You're just, you're just cruising and a wind blows open a window or, or whatever and you look out and you go, whoa, and all of a sudden you're somewhere else. Definitely. And, you know, and that's because you wanted to, I, I go gut feeling yeah. at all times. And the couple times I didn't go gut feeling, you regretted it, it. ate me alive. Yeah, it's the same here. Yep. Always gut. Always. Feeling. Every time you you don't listen to the to the to the heart or the gut or the or the creative area, you yeah. know, it's just like you always end up regretting it and going like, I fucking knew it. Yeah. I'm gonna let you go. I can't thank okay. you enough, man. Oh, for thank doing you. This. No, thank you. I, 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 I'm so fired up to have you on, and and I've waited, and I, I love you and Cedric, and I, I just can't wait to see the show tonight. And uh, oh, likewise, and, I, I can't wait to catch your show, and I and I'm I'm honored oh, yeah. to be. I'm honored oh, to be I'd here. Oh, I love you to see some comedy. So. And I just lo- I just love. Uh, there's people I meet on this podcast, like Jerry from Devo, or you, or Cedric, or or certain guys, and I'm just like, oh, the. That's the reason I love doing the show. Those are dudes that I could talk to with the mics off for hours and hours and hours. Right. It's, it, and I told somebody this last night, you and I, and also Cedric, we have a, uh, it's like ping pong. Yeah. We're just bouncing back and forth stuff that we love and, and, and rabbit holes that we've been down right. and come back up and went, oh, this right here, you know, and, right. and I love that about you. And, 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 uh, and I respect your art and I love uh, what you do. So well, likewise, thank man. you likewise. so much for doing the show. Thank, thank you. And, and I love your new guitar. Oh yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta thank, uh, yeah, you know, Brian at uh, Ernie Ball and, and everybody there for like getting it to me and yeah, you know, tell it's, what it's, model it's it is real quick because uh, it's so cool. It's, it's an Albert Lee uh, model, yeah. and I've always, I really, really always gravitated towards it. But it's again, it's like it's a tough racket when you're left-handed. You know, yeah. it's like they don't yeah. <laughs> really make. And these guys like you know turned it around and made a left-handed one. And Music got it, man. Yeah, and got and got it to me like uh, I mean, just like the day of the show. You know, I got it and I was just like I was just so happy. Yeah, you know, so. I can't wait to see tonight yeah thank, 
Thank you, man. man. And I can't wait for you to see some comedy. Because oh, yeah. I know you love comedy. I we, do. We talk do. comedy so much, and you have big knowledge on comedy, which is amazing. I love that. Yeah. You know, because what are you going to do when you're on a bus yeah, to, or whatever? To, to me, the, to be comedy, I was also like, it's the modern day uh, philosophers. I don't know how yeah. that, it sounds stupid to people, but it's like being able to transmit like big ideas to, you know, to, to, to working people and to, and to artists and just to, you know, to, to a room full of people and, and deliver it in a way where you're not bashing them over the head with it, but yeah. you're giving them the parameters and allowing them to, to see the conclusion you're making in a, in a really cool way. Yep. It's like, it's this, it's this modern form of, a uh, fun form of philosophy because, you know, because a lot of those, like, the philosophy things, like, so it's really hard to, like, you, to, you sit there and you're reading, like, getting through it and it's different for someone to be like you know throwing concepts at you yeah. in a way that you could totally relate to in the moment and push in a way that makes you and it push your buttons and making you laugh at the same time yeah. and it just sticks with you and you go back home and you're like so so why did i think that was like why did i laugh at at this or that or, or why isn't this horrible that it should be or what was the point of this you know yep. and and it's wonderful anything that can get people sort of like get going on a conversation then you know it was like it was worth it that it was that that, that there's something there and that it's it has value, you know, whether it's, so whether it's a song too, or a right? film or whatever. Yeah. It's one of the last dangerous forms of entertainment. Oh, definitely. You know? Definitely. You got a favorite guy right now? Um, God, who, who, who would... I mean, I, I love, you know, but Bill Burr's great, who you're on tour with, you know, like, right? yeah, Bill, Bill, I mean, CK, he's, like CK. Oh, oh, yes. Hip, I mean, have you watched his fucking show right now? Uh, oh. uh, Hor uh, uh, Horse and, and oh, Pete? Oh, Horse and Pete. Oh, yeah. And how about Baskets he, with Galifianakis? That's the show he's. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, both but, these but, shows, But with right? Horse and Pete, like, Louis, yeah. he, he's just on some whole, like, he's, yeah. like, he's hitting his Igmar Bergman, like, like David Mamet era or something, yeah. you know, like, to go from where he's come from, like, go from Pootie Tang to yeah. like these really deep, like subtle, uh, you know, scripts that he's doing. Like, it's just like, it's incredible. All, right? all yeah. Just all that's you guys look, working. That's how I look at you guys. It's like high water marks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, man, this is high. Like Mar the Mars Volta is like, holy shit. You're going from, you're going from driving to, you know, the Mars Volta. It's yeah. just kind of like, whoa, this is uh, like watching Godfather 1 and 2 together. <laughs> you know wow. what I mean? That's how I look at it. So I love to, uh, and, and I think everyone should seek out deep, deep art. Definitely. Uh, paintings, music. The thing, the thing is, though, is like, like you take like a band, for example, like we, we, we're able to strap on and put on a lot of uh, uh, things that protect us, the, yeah. la the loud sounds, the dr fucking drums, you know, hiring musicians like, to, to express that, all the, all the yeah. stuff, you know, the lights, the whole thing. What you do is like, it's, there's one guy yeah. with one microphone, there's a light. <laughs> And then there's people and and and, and, and like you guys either, either connect with them or you don't. It. It's like I it's, fucking love it's amazing. It. It's it's for example what I love about uh, about baseball. It's sort yeah. of like this this samurai thing. It's like one guy versus another. There's the other players, but really it comes down to the like pitcher and the, the pitcher and the batter. And it's all psychological. It's the it's the pitcher like knowing all these things about this particular batter and like yeah. where he's got to put it next and like what he's gonna do given like what who he has on the bases, you know. And it's just like that was always the great thing about samurai films is. Um, what I love is that they have these huge, they'll have these huge action sequences, but really it's all to get to the very end, which is always one guy versus another. Yeah. And it's always like this deep, poetic, psychological uh, confrontation. You yeah. Know? It, yeah. Uh, it always ends up on that and all the great ones. And, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Takashi McKee just uh, made one a couple of years ago called uh, 13 Assassins, which is harks back to like all the old Kira Kurosawa uh, um, 
samurai film and he just did such a great job at it and he really gives you everything so someone who just wants to see a like the samurai flick for like all the great big battle scenes you got all that and then at the end just like in those old great old films like it's just two guys yeah and it's just their two different ethos really are, is what's at stake and what they're battling like and that's the what dragon. like get her the dragon you know? you know and that's what decides the winner or the loser you know <laughs> whose will is stronger whose ethos is deeper you know who, who who's more rooted in, yeah. the, in the earth and in the craft and so like i just it fascinates me the idea of like one one person against however many you know i think you know my favorite thing rollins does is of course the spoken word which is one of the most mind-boggling things ever but i really think that you could go out and do um storytelling you know I did it once and it's so nerve wracking. I did it once at the Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the Matt Besser, yeah, yeah. yeah, invited me and I was the 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 monogalist, you know, uh -huh. however you say yep. monogalist, yeah. And and uh, man, it was nerve wracking, you know. And, and but I it think was, once you do it a little bit, uh, I think I really, so. The whole time, like my even when you mentioned it right yeah. now, my palms started yeah, sweating. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And but it I, was like I, I love uh, I love listening to you talk. There's some people that you're just going like, oh, enough of this guy. <laughs> but, but no, I'm saying with normal people where they don't, they don't know how, there's no dynamics. They don't know how to travel in and out of a story. Gotcha. They don't know the dynamics of storytelling and stuff like that. And, I, and this right. is the second time I've talked to you for hours. And I really believe uh, that it would be incredible. Oh, I, yeah. I, I would love to just because I'm so terrified of it no. that, that it would be something that I'd love to do. Maybe we do one together. I do it and then you do it. And that way it's not just uh, you or, you know what I mean? Uh, hey, anything I can do to, to learn and, and to be out of my comfort zone, yeah, like I'm Cedric there. Cedric too, because yeah. I had him host one of my comedy shows and he told great stories about doing coke or something with uh, Metallica or Back in the Day <laughs> okay. or whatever, you know? Right, 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 right. Those kind of stories. Oh, uh, we got plenty. Wait, yeah. When you do that much acid, yeah. you're going to have a lot. <laughs> Whether they really happen or not, you got great stories. Yeah, so. right, right. I love you, man. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Thank All you. All right, man. man. See you later. All there right, he goes. Man. Go. See ya.